and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Weekly Games Chat. This is episode, I can't believe I'm about to say this number, 438 of the world's greatest podcast about video games. My name is Sean, and good news, I'm not alone today. Uh, I'm also joined by uh, John, fresh from his PTO run, and Chris, the Cal Ripken of podcast. So, uh, welcome. Also, shout out to everybody watching us on Twitch.tv. You could also do that if you wanted to, just from any place you can access Twitch.tv. Search for Weekly Games Chat, and boom, uh, Tuesday at about, I don't know, 5.30, 5.45, we'll say 5.45-ish, uh, we go live and record this show, and there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes. You hear most of it, but some you don't. I'm just saying. Uh, someone we didn't hear from last week was John, and... It wasn't the same. I'm not saying it was worse. I'm not saying it was better. But he is here this week. So, John, hello, my friend. It's good to see you. Why can't you say whether if it was worse or better? Well, that's part of the... Why can't you, you know, commit to that's, something? That's the shtick. And by it's the way, like, I'm telling you as a friend, switch your doctor. <laughs> look man just because your doctor at like 37 was like bend over lube time it's like you know what that may not be you don't know my stuff you know my favorite part is when she's done and she says here wipe yourself off like it's so it's so degrading (laughs) it's so degrading (laughs) like oh i feel like i've been you've you've handled before Oh, that's so funny. Oh, well, my, my dude is like, an, he's a smaller kind of short, kind of like, you know, smaller guy. He's like real nice. And I just can't imagine when that day comes. He, the last time oh, I brought it will. up, oh, John, will. well, I brought it up because of you. Yeah. And he said, he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, there's just been a lot of information that's come out where, that's getting done either unnecessarily or too early, and there's no marker set for us needing to do that. So he said, uh, I'll keep an eye on your stuff. Chadwick Boseman, rest in peace. Well, I'm sure he got – why are we bringing the one person up that validates your point? Just one? Uh, just one? <laughs> well, I mean, you brought up the one. Uh, but no, it's like, yeah, if I, John, there's – you know what? Just, I'm not. I just want, I just want you Will to you, be- I Look, Chris, approve his PTO. He can go. I'm I just, done. I just want you to be, how they call it, alive, because I love you. Yeah, you say that. I should bring up to the people, when you see one of our friends, what you say to him. As soon as you see him, or at least you don't say it anymore. You did for a while. And it was... My concerns what? are were and are still legitimate. <laughs> <laughs> but then you followed up with, I just want to see you live. Dude, first of all, I'm going to the doctor. I get that's the whole conversation. I get yearly stuff done like you're supposed to twice well, a year. Well, this friend of ours, at the time I told I, I told him this, I predicted that he would be dead by a certain time. Sean, that's a month from now. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I don't know that to be true. Well, what's what's actually so funny is uh. If there was like a bucket of given Fs, like he gives zero of those Fs about any of the things, um, which I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to comment on that. He could be, he could be uh, 
kind of listening in the background. I don't know. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, also, before we go to Chris, if you're on Twitch, my camera's a little higher today. There's a different monitor it's sitting on. Apparently, it's a giant monitor that I didn't realize. It's not going to hopefully stay my monitor on this screen, but it feels like I'm having to look up at a camera. Like I'm, This is how it feels to talk to John. Hey, John. How you doing? <laughs> but uh, without further ado, the man is here. The Cal Ripken, like I said, of podcasts. He doesn't miss him, ladies and gentlemen. This is uh, Chris. Chris, what's up, homie? Not much. That was that was entertaining to watch. I was just like, I'm just going to sit here in silence. We'll let this unfold the way it is. <laughs> Got no comment. Oh, goodness. Oh, you did comment in our chat. Uh we do have I this guy he's gonna get his title back this week. I, that's a hint. Uh but in chat, our friend uh Allege L <laughs> says uh, Lady Doctor is good because you know, small fingers. <laughs> which is which is funny, but yeah, this is the uh this is the intro part of the show, ladies and gentlemen, where uh you know, we kind of talk about things. We catch up kind of like we're doing. And um, Chris and I see it's funny without even realizing we were doing it, but kind of realizing why we were doing it. Uh, we have code words for how we're going to blend in the, the seg, you know, the segue for the intro topic. And Chris's was melting pot and minus fire nation. And if you're a nerd, uh, you know, like you should be, if you listen to this show, you know, immediately what we're going to talk about. But I'll uh, I'll tee it up and let Chris kind of get his initial thoughts, and we'll just kind of go back and forth on uh, yeah. Let's just call it the melting pot Fire Nation situation, Chris. Yeah, uh, I called mine melting pot mainly because uh, you know I talked a little bit about last week. I've been watching Halo, and Halo kind of reached a pivotal moment without giving too much away. We kind of had the 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 fall for each episode. I'll just leave it there um, as far as you know certain things but and then so that was thursday and then friday i got the uh full first season of the live netflix adaptation of avatar uh the last airbender came out and watched that um and i couldn't help but watching both of those shows think they each have something i like and I kind of just want, I want to show, I think like if, if if we're looking at shows that click with me, it's generally the ones that kind of take what Halo does well and what Avatar does well and blends them together. Hence, Melting Pot. Hey. Um, and, you know, that being like <laughs> said, <laughs> I, I'm going to go in and say this first. I'm much more upset with where, where where Halo is at today than Avatar after watching the full season. Uh, Avatar, I think for the most part, like, is it as good as the TV show? No. I don't think... I think 99% of things that are live adaptations of animations are never as good as their source material because animation just... It lends itself for creativity and, you know... Um, expression right that you just can't do very easily when you translate and it does become apparent here like there are certain characters that they are trying to make look like their counterparts in the animated version of the uh of the tv show 
and it does not look right. It looks kind of like some CW type thrown together thing <laughs> in those moments. But on the other hand, it's like really dedicated to the source material. Um, I, you know, the kid actors, they're not the greatest ever. They have their moments where they kind of nail it. I actually think the, the kid who plays, uh, Azuko is probably, um, the best of the bunch. Right. I think he, he kind of nails that character for what it is. And they actually do the one change they made in the season that I noted, like I thought was a really good change for that character that I was like, Oh, okay. That's a good improvement from kind of like, you know, in last of us, like the one really big change was the, 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 what's called the Nick Offerman episode, right? Like where it's like, Hey, you got a hint of that in the game. And now we expand upon it. It's like here, it's not as big, but it's like, Hey, we took something that we never really said on the show, but now you have context for it. And I was like, that actually gives it more weight than you ever thought before. And I was like, that's cool. Um, besides that though, I kind of just took it as like, okay, that was a fun weekend. You know, I, I, I don't think it's the greatest thing. I don't think it's game of Thrones or, you know, level of adaptation or Lord of the Rings, but I had fine. Versus the other side, <laughs> which is Halo, which I kind of said this last week. And with Halo, about the one, the, the two things I can give it credit for are graphics and like set piece design and the actual cast. I, I think the cast is very good for Halo for what they are being asked to do in those things. On the other hand, as someone who is a Halo fan, and especially this week when it is doing one of the most key moments of Halo lore, I just feel like the show's producers and runners like literally bend down and like take a dump on my front doorstep as I'm watching them do it, and they just smile at me, and then they pull up their pants and they go on their way. <laughs> That's what it feels like to me at this point. Um, I've tried to be forgiving. And I don't want to be like the guy who's like, no, you have to be 99%. But like, this was a level of, this would be like a level of doing Lord of the Rings. And all of a sudden, for no reason, they just decide that Sar Saruman or Sarum needs to get the ring at the end of the first movie. Because why not? And we're just going to completely go somewhere else with it, I guess. Because that's what it feels like we're going now. Uh, and I don't understand that. Because I think, and bringing it back, I think if you took the ideas of for both of these shows, if you could take the production values and the casting of Halo and mix it with the attention and detail to the source material and the love for the series and where it came from, that everyone has for Last Airbender, I think in both instances, you would actually end up with some of the best uh, television out there. So that's kind of where I'm at on both of these. But I will say, I am very much looking forward to the wait for season two than I am to the torture I'll probably put myself through uh, this Thursday when I watch the next episode of Halo on Paramount+. Plus. So my thoughts on it but sean you've been watching it yeah the avatars too and i know you said you told me you had not watched the original series yeah so you're coming in this it's with a different set of it's eyes crazy this, this is this is not gonna be the first time you hear me say this uh during this show it's very rare that on things i'm gonna talk about today 
that I I'm I'm a I'm like a I'm a I'm a noob. I I I never watched any of the Avatar show. I did see the theatrical release that our good friend Mike loved, which was a, actually rare because most people who I think were fans of Avatar did not like the theatrical release, but that's really all I'd seen. So in leading up to Avatar, we were seeing some of the things that Chris mentioned that we were maybe worried about. Like, uh, what is this? Like, uh, for real, like, hello, like, this is what we're getting. Well, I, I have, I, I don't know if it's because I haven't seen the cartoon, um, or what, but I'm having a ball watching it. I think it's fun. And I, Chris made a good point. He, he, I, I do want to admit some truth to what he said about like, it would be awesome knowing these two shows. Cause I'd also have watched halo. I had to quit watching this last season. I just could, I can't right now. I'm going to let some of the episodes build up, but his point about source material from avatar, if it could marry with the budget and the way that they've captured halo for both shows, it'd be like two of the greatest shows ever potentially. I think that has some weight. And also he I don't he the point he brings up uh just about how like cartoons and he brought this up really in depth when we were kind of hanging out. But like like cartoons look a certain way, right? Like animated stuff looks different than humans. Uh in person or in talking to Chris, he was talking about like round nose or really big eyes or just exaggerated features and and the way that they stayed true to that even in avatar i couldn't quite put my finger on like why does this look a little weird and i wasn't talking about like production value but that's what it was and so i appreciate kind of him pointing that out to me because i did i wanted to see how close they got ang right the avatar i wanted to see how close this kid looked to avatar in a quick google search i was like okay there was a scene. I paused it when the avatar was smiling and having a having like fun as a kid, and I pulled up an image on Google, and it was like okay. And I did that with a few other characters, and and yeah, they they did really good to try to match them. So I'll say this though: I go into it without a clue on what to expect, no idea of the story, and as a person that is in this boat, I am loving this show. I think. I was kind of like, eh, I don't know if this is going to be good. So I hit the first episode and it's like an hour long uh, as most of the episodes are. And I was like, okay, I'm hooked. Uh, he goes into like an avatar state. I don't know what it's called, you know, but when that happened, the avatar I was state. Like, this is great. Uh, but Sean, like you've it, never seen the animated show. No, never. And uh, I, I would, I would put that show up there with clone wars. Oh, um, for that has sure. weight. That has weight. Uh, that yes. one and and Cora in many what Cora in many ways is is even better. Not in every way, but in, some, in a lot of ways, it's a better show. It's more focused and more, you know, very nice. Uh, so yeah, I'm liking it. And and but my question was like, why? And I know this is a show. It's written, but like think about real world too, right? Why do there? Why does there always have to be? A mother cussing Fire Nation. You know, it's like, can we just not be a Fire Nation? You know, can we not chase power and glory and dominance? Like, can we not just live? This is when I'm going to start like singing 
like let's hug each other songs. But like, really, this whole show wouldn't exist if the Fire Nation was just like, you know, whoever the next Avatar is, go get them, Tiger. Like, <laughs> we're good. No, they were like, no, nah, that's not how that's going to work. But did, did you finish the show? I'm over halfway. How many episodes I, are there? Eight, I think. Ten. Yeah, eight. He held up and a five just, and weird three. And they're not doing the weekly thing. It's just because it's, it's all out there. Chris, I heard a rumor, and I'll try to be vague with this. Did they mm-hmm. change maybe? Did they change the order of a certain thing? Past lives? Yes. Yeah. Really? Well, I don't want to say anything. It's a spoilery. It, okay. They didn't, but. Yeah. Um, Seems like I saw that briefly, yeah. but I, I didn't read it too closely. But I was like, if they did that, that's kind of an odd choice. Mm-hmm. But okay. Some important story arcs are involved in why they. Anyway, mm-hmm. I plan to watch it. it I plan to watch it at some point, but I don't know. It's one of those things where Avatar, the, the cartoon is such a perfect show. Yeah. And I, I just never understand why they come along and try to, I don't know, <laughs> do a live action. Well, <clears throat> I don't I understand. Mean. Like, this this happens in almost anything that they do, right? And they being like show writers and producers. Like, at some point, the decision is like, all right, so instead of doing the thing that was epic in the way the person who wrote and invented this, sh- it, like, wanted it. Let's do something a little different because it's like new and it's our spin on it. And I'm like, huh? Like, what are. But the other thing worked. It was so good that now you get to make a show about the thing. Uh, But anyway, you heard me chuckle and it wasn't at John a minute ago. Um, Alejandro said, well, Sean, without fire, there would be no barbecue. And he has a good point. I'm suddenly back on team fire because barbecue is in fact where it's at. Uh, I will say, Sean, if you stick with it and highly suggest after you watch this, like take the time, go watch the original it is like, as John said, like cartoon or not is one of the best series out there, especially like that's made for children. Right. Like first and foremost, <laughs> right up my alley, buddy. But <laughs> I mean, if you go and you watch it, just like with the fire nation, you could argue the best two characters of that show are from the fire nation. Like a lot of people would make that point. At least one of their favorites is definitely from the fire nation. So nice. Well, yeah, there we are. Chris and Sean are totally watching shows about cartoons and video games and stuff. So it's nice, but John, it actually is good to have you back so much so that later on in news, uh, you're going to lead it off. I'm going to go ahead and give a tease right there. You're going to be like the lead off man back then. Huh. Uh, but are, are we good? All hearts and minds clear for the intro? Thumbs up from Chris. Got got. Got got from John. Clear eyes, so full hearts, ne- can't lose. <laughs> the, the next thing you'll hear, or unless Chris does a thing, uh, will be us talking about what we're playing.
Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time of the show where you get to hear about what us here at Weekly Games Chat have been playing over the past week. And boy, did we got some updates for you, I think. Uh, <laughs> sometimes I like to surprise John when he comes back from PTO and say, Hey, John, what you been playing? But not today. Not today. I'm going to let the man with the Marvel, Marvel shirt, that's Chris, take that sip of drink he's about to take. And he's going to tell us. <laughs> fastest sip ever he's gonna tell us what he's been playing not much um <laughs> <laughs> uh, just two things uh so as everyone knows i'm sure especially after the reviews drop thursday is final fantasy uh seven rebirth and Friend of the show, Mike, had to make sure we, Sean and I both knew, right? So if you finish the main game, if you get your save on there and you go to Rebirth, you get, I believe, Leviathan for free. But if you also took the time to do the intermission DLC with Yuffie and you completed that, then you get to take Ramu in for, for free starting out. So I went back and it's not very long. I went ahead and ran through <laughs> the whole entire DLC for for Yuffie, uh, and I have to say, I it was nice. It was pleasant. It kind of takes place so Sean, without saying too much, it's kind of like after what Avalanche does in the beginning of the game, mm -hmm. and before we get to kind of the back half of the game. Mm -hmm. Okay, so yeah, like I started that, I started playing it too. Yeah, that range. Yeah. Um, without going too much specifics. And I kind of really took it as this. It, it's really, above all, it's just a demo for how Yuffie functions. And they throw you a bunch of materia, right? Like, there are challenges and side quests and things that you can go do in this. And Josh kind of was doing those early on. And we kind of both figured out as we were doing this, like, we were like, yeah, there's really no point to invest in this because it's not a super long game. Uh, you, you're only playing for about, you know, I beat in a little under five hours, I want to say, was my total run. And for the most part, that's what it seemed like. Like, as you go through, there's a lot of options to get different materia. If you want, you can go to back to everyone's favorite little dude, Chadley. You remember Chadley, Sean. Isn't that just the greatest name? I do. Freaking that Chadley. Really is a good, that is a good name. Uh, <laughs> and you can decide to go in there and do the challenges to get uh to get Ramu and other summons and all that kind of stuff. But really, you know, it, it's more of like, do you want to try Yuffie out as maybe a magic user, or do you want to rely more on her ninja skills and try those different combinations? They give you about three or four key weapons that you could switch out that kind of all play off on those as you're going through. And as I said, there's plenty of the material that's dropped and also SP to to upgrade on your weapons that you're getting. So that's kind of what I took it as. And I was like, you know what? This is kind of cool. It's kind of fun. Yuffie was, for me personally, the character I hated the most of Final Fantasy VII. So she succeeded in annoying me just as much as she did when I played the original game. And that was without voice acting. But, uh, you know, she, she still, she feels genuine to what she is, right? Which is she's a teenage ninja that's from this other region that is kind of pushing back against Shinra and all that kind of stuff. But 
it goes at the end. It does pull into some stuff that is very more on the anime side of like the expanded universe of seven, you know, like characters that I was fighting. I had to go look up and I was like, okay, this, this last villain is like just some Hideo Kojima type BS that's going in here. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that, but it is, it is what it is. And it wasn't too long and I kind of got me peaked and ready for, for rebirth here later this week. So I will be ready to go on that. And the other thing, of course, still on the Witcher three, uh, as far as the platinum run of that, uh, I've gotten to over halfway now on my trophies. I'm to the point of doing where it's either story-based stuff, collectible stuff, or basically pain in the A type stuff where I've had to realize I should probably wait till I can beat this game on the highest difficulty and drop the difficulty down some to do some of these challenges because they are just such a, like I have to get 50 kills with a crossbow and my crossbow, even though it's fully upgraded, if I shoot someone in the head, it does like this much life off of them and I have to figure out a way to kill them with it. So not really loving that part of it, but I am back into just everything I love doing a lot of the Witcher contracts. Uh, did one of my favorites last night, which is the, the wolf and the cat, which is one of those ones I love because it's literally a quest where you can go through and not once have to actually use your sword, but it's interesting. And it's, it hits that thing. I always talk about, right? What's the thing that drives me the most gray area, like where you look at a situation, you kind of have the facts of what happened and now you have to make a choice. And it doesn't seem like there's necessarily a pure, correct answer on other either side. It's really just more to how do you, the player feel about it? And what do you think Geralt should do in that situation? But I love it. I still hate Roach the horse. He's still the stupidest freaking horse I've ever been on in my life. Um, we had 40 episodes, for those who don't know, before we delete everything. The first 40 episodes of Weekly Games Chat were literally about how dumb Roach was as a horse. And I can tell you in the next-gen world, he is just as much of an idiot as possible. Um, but I've enjoyed my time, and I have to say, for a game that is now nine years old... It sure doesn't look like it. That game looks beautiful on PS5. Um, does have some slowdown when I'm using certain spells, but besides that, it holds up pretty nicely. Yeah. So that's what I'm playing. Been doing. The remaster of it? Yes, it is the remaster version of it. So that is nice. Yeah. But I expect it to look nice like when I played on PC, but I don't know. This first time I've been on console in a long time with this game, but it's been fun and it will be fun until we get to Thursday and then it will go to sleep for a while, <laughs> which is a good thing. Yeah. I, I can't believe that that's already almost here. Like it, real quick before we ask John what he's kind of been up to, even if it's nothing, John, people want to hear from you, but like I, I made an appointment. This goes back to the intro to my doctor today and I can't believe Normally, this appointment happens in like the beginning part of January, or I should say mid to late January. And me and the person joked on like, how is it already March? Like, hello. Uh, but John, what's up, man? Uh, what 
<laughs> There's an inside joke in our chat that just made me chuckle on Twitch. But John, what have you been up to, man? Anything? Uh, even if it's whatever, man. Just it's been quite some time since people got to it inside the mind of John about what he's doing. Well, where I've been is um, is uh, if you if you if you look at a map of Georgia and put your finger right down smack down in the very middle of it, you'll find your finger lands on a little town called Danville, Georgia. Yeah, Danville Danville, Danville rules. Dan, it does not. Danville. <laughs> they is, sing about that in a band song. Danville is where I grew up. Danville is a population of 231 people last census. The Dollar General is called the Twiggs County Mall. Um, and so the reason I tell you that is because uh, somebody, somebody actually came to the door while I was... So my day consisted of getting up, feeding Burgess and my dad's dog, logging in, working till 5, logging off, driving 25 minutes to Dublin to go to a gym, coming back and being too tired to do much of anything. And even if I could, the internet out there was a little bit spotty. So sometimes it could be very difficult to, I had the PlayStation with me. My intent was to put, put, put a lot more God of War time into, into the week. It didn't turn out that way. I was going to say, that's what you've been, uh, you have been like religiously playing that. So that's, that's cool to hear that you, ladies and gentlemen, if we had a round of applause button, John took his PlayStation five with him. That thing is as big as a car engine it's and he big. took it with him. <laughs> it's pretty big, but, um, what's that, Chris? I think you're muted. I don't know. Couldn't hear you. I just, you I, 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 I'm, I did not say anything. I just mouthed. That's what she said. Oh, oh, oh. so oh. That, <laughs> that story was a little boring. I get. No, it wasn't. But uh, when I got back to Columbus, I did something that's typical, John. And there's a lot of things I'm planning to. Uh, jump into i don't um, want you to i need this every week <laughs> uh, yeah I, I get you um, no i'm serious I, I've, got, I've got my eye on i've got my eye on banishers i still wanted to i still want to jump into skull and bones it looks Ooh. good enough for me um <laughs> mike's not gonna bite I, I i take it probably not i deleted it from my playstation yesterday deleted it means you bought it it does but it also doesn't. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and the that's demo is cool. gone. That's cool. But I, I, I've played a few. <laughs> I've played a few hours of uh, Arkham Asylum. Uh, Mike, platinuming those games got me in all my feels, and I kind of wanted to play a game that I hadn't really. I haven't really touched Arkham Asylum since I played it in two thousand nine or ten. And it's it's okay. It's it still plays okay. It's a little bit tanky. Batman's a little bit tanky, but um, uh, I'm still enjoying it. So you know that that's 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 me 
in a nutshell that that's that's what i'm doing um i'm i <laughs> i want to i want to do all the things that i'm not supposed to be doing as a podcast host i want to play dishonored 2 again i want to <laughs> no do, but that's that's why things. this rules because there the 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 valve has been released where the pressure's off and if you want to talk a, think about how many times people have heard you talk about those games you like the old Assassin's Creed games, the Dishonored, the Bioshocks. And like, I think y'all, you guys did a Bioshock Infinite review on our show back yeah. in the day. No, I think that was before. Yeah, that was way before the show got started. Why do I remember you guys talking about it? Did we? I don't know. Maybe the, Bioshock Remastered when it came out. Maybe, and y'all talked about it, but it, regardless, maybe I just, maybe I'm crossing memories and I remember you guys getting that because I knew y'all back then. But th- I, there's something there, John. Just do you, man. Play what you want to play and that's all they want to hear about. Well, my favorite uh, thing, my favorite thing about telling the audience what I'm playing is watching Chris's reaction because it's like, it's funny. It's like, yeah, there, the classic John. But we, <laughs> I, I love that so much. And if he has a problem with it, no, no, it's not that he has no, a problem. No, I know where he lives and I will sweep the leg, Johnny. It, it, it's that thing of, um, he's, amu- he's just amused by it. I like, it. you know, we're over here, me and Sean are talking like, what time are we going to go see Dune 2? Like, what day, right? And uh, be like, John, do you want to go? He's like, Ah, sorry guys, can't watching Rocky, and you're just like staring at him, and you're like, "Yeah, of course he is. Of course he's watching Rocky because he hasn't seen that nine million times." (laughs) Uh, yeah. uh, Good point in the chat by your dear friend Jay Dalton, Chris. You can't give John any crap this week. You are playing Witcher three, but that's a rarity for me. Here we go. Here we go. The hashtag exception. That is definitely Chris, the exception. And Mass Chris, Effect. I did not. I did not listen last week. Did you manage to get the Last of Us Two trophy platinum? I did. Heck yeah, he buddy. Did. Good job. Yeah, he did. It's not. Is it, a, I was, is it, it a difficult one? No, especially because you can. You know the answer to that. Yeah, <laughs> actually, the Witcher one well, is. I, well, I would imagine is Witcher's a tough one. Yeah, Witcher is like a seven well, out of ten. Um, the, but, the joke is, of course, it's easy. Chris did it. But that's always not true. But that's yeah. the joke. The kind of like how you're always on PTO. It's not always true, but it's the joke. The hardest part, John. I naturally, instead of just going through the levels again, just went through New Game Plus. So I couldn't just pick the levels where I needed the collectibles from. I had to go through and play the full levels, you know, again and again. But the reason why it's so easy is on New Game Plus you can basically access it where you have unlimited ammo and and all that like kind of stuff and if you want to like one hit melee kill so i'm just sitting there walking around with ellie with her you know silenced uh smg just just murking everything that comes in my perif <laughs> you know it's it's funny um i'm thinking about horizon these days and, <laughs> i love it and the first the first the first horizon came out and you and I pretty much finished platinumed it roughly the same time and then Sean plays it two years later. Sean Sean burned through Horizon. Uh, the next one. Yeah. The next one. I finished it <laughs> I finished it second and we're still waiting on Chris to get that done. It's just it's an interesting reversal how that works. After I, I love it. 
After reading the stuff with Sony that we'll talk about in the news, I feel like I have time. I feel like I have a little bit of time before I uh, have to get that done. So maybe not. I mean, we'll see. You know what, guys? Let's not. Let's just news will come up in a minute. Uh, But yeah, so I I actually got some news and I I got a Richard I'm going to give. So hopefully that piqued your attention. But since the last time we spoke, I was able to finish uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake and uh, totally had a good time with the game. Definitely had some questions, some what ifs, because as I mentioned earlier, uh, there would be another time I talked about how I was doing something for the first time. Uh, while I do have experience in the Final Fantasy world, uh, a lot of it came from Final Fantasy 14 online and uh, Final Fantasy 16 most recently. But I didn't really play what was considered a classic and, and one of the favorites by a lot of folks, and that's Final Fantasy VII, the original game. So me going through this game was everything was new to me. Uh, I, I understand, too, now that I've played it and we've talked, and by we, me and the friends and everything, how they changed a lot. They added some stuff to this version of the game. Uh, but being a new player for seven, it all fit nicely. But it did set up some questions uh, that hopefully uh, Rebirth is going to give me answers to. But uh, our, I have, uh, you know, our friend Mike and Chris, they have doubts about that. <laughs> They're probably, they may answer the questions I have, but there's going to be more questions uh, because that's just what they're doing. Uh, but yeah, I really truly enjoyed it. It was, it was a joy from really beginning to end, uh, mostly because Tifa was in the game, but, but what happened was it did a really good job of just when you thought you knew for me as a new player, you knew like this was the core group of people in my story. They found a way to add people in a way that like, you don't kind of forget them. They're not just kind of throwaways. Uh, and then even up to the very end of the game, like literally in the last 10 minutes of the game, maybe 15 minutes, there's somebody else that's like there for the first time. And uh, this would be, can I, can I say it, you think? Or should I not spoil it with the, I, mean, I won't do that look, because, no, because I know the game's been out, but this is a, this is a unicorn because I beat it right before the new game comes out. And there could be people playing the old game, getting ready for the new game. Fair. Does that make sense? But to Chris, yeah. what you were about to say was what? I was going to say, I mean, it has been four years and the yeah. core game is like 25 years old or even more than that. <laughs> well, Sean, yeah. did you did you play the original seven? No, that's what I Yeah, nothing at all. I did download it because it's on PlayStation, What the package we have. Yeah. And uh, I. Chris has said, you know, even though, like, look, it is what it is. that This 7 is what it's going to be Square Enix's Final Fantasy 7. Think of the old one as, like, it still is 7, but it's that version of 7. And Chris Chris said I should play it. Yeah, there's a commentator I listen to a lot who says that people, this is not my position. He just, he said this, said... Anybody who plays Final Fantasy VII Remake has no business playing it unless they've played the original. I don't know what exactly he means by that, but my question <laughs> well, is: my question <laughs> is, are there 
Chris, are there contextual clues and things that you that you see and yeah. experience in the first in the original game that enhances the experience of, yes. of um, yeah okay. everything uh, we, that we, not knowing that that's a yeah everything that Sean went through in the final ten to fifteen minutes is a bigger deal if you've played the original um, and the best way I could describe I was trying to figure out how to describe it to Sean of what's going on because remake really is a play on words. It's, it's not a shot for shot remake of the original game. It's a remake of the world and the experience. And the closest analogy I could think of was think of JJ Abrams, star Trek, right? You have the original star Trek that Spock came from at the very beginning of that. And then you have the world that got changed whenever, uh, Jim Kirk's father dies in the opening scene and changes the whole entire universe as far as where it's going forward. It's kind of the same. It's not pound for pound that way, but it is that idea of you have Final Fantasy VII's world and the events in that, and then you have what's going on here. Why it's happening, not 100% sure yet, but it's very clear that certain things are different and there's probably some greater reason behind it. You know, is the, is, is the original game playable from a modern day perspective? Like, can you go into that game and go, Oh, this is fine. Or is it like, Oh yes. Games, especially games back then, man. Am I right? Especially because it, yeah, this was how Mike did it for when he was going through all of them, the versions they have on there right now for the classics, they basically, have a bunch of boosts that you could put on there that if all you cared about was getting the story and the idea of the world you could mm-hmm. get it. now I'd make a case in some ways you're losing the allure of it. Like you're not going to have the, you know, the thrill of beating the, the various weapons when you can literally cast limit breaks nonstop <laughs> Which Sounds is like the most powerful, actually. yeah, like which is the most powerful. Sounds amazing. Attack of the game, like it's very <laughs> different when you're going back to 1997 and you are just trying to survive this thing, uh, and get done with it. it. You you lose some of that, but if if what you want is the core experience, like literally, you can make it where you level faster, you're moving faster, and the battles are kind of just they're things that happen, they're not necessarily challenges per se. Yeah, uh, I watched Mike play seven a little bit because uh, he went through and platinum. Of course, he did the all the old Final Fantasies. So, uh, like, and I even played the seven, the old one, uh, just a just a wee bit. And now it's funny because the beginning of seven remake is almost exactly the same as seven classic. Yeah, it's a shot for shot. The problem is, uh, and this this kind of was told to me. By you know Chris, Mike, and and a lot of Josh, it's like Midgar, which is where Seven Remake really focuses on, was like a blip in the game. Like when you look at the context of the entire game, whereas the the one we're playing now, Remake, the whole game was in Midgar, basically, and that's cool. I I love watching what Midgar looks like and all the different sections and stuff, and so. I'm looking forward to it, and and I've recently finished that, so I'm going to give a, a Richard. I haven't done this, I don't think, in quite some time. 
but it's a solid nine for me. It's not a perfect game, but it's it's cuss word good. And I definitely understand the hype on why people are excited to play Rebirth and why that game's going to probably sell really well for for PlayStation. Um, so we'll be there day one playing it. Uh, I do want to go ahead and finish up the intermission um, so I can get the things Chris talked about that we get, and that's the different summons going into the next game. So a lot of questions, but we'll definitely see. And, and finally, I, I did want to give a quick review on a purchase I made. John knows about this already, and so does Chris, but I purchased the PlayStation Pulse earbuds. Uh, found them at our local Best Buy, so if you guys are aware of it, the new Pulse like regular headset is going to come out, and the wireless earbuds came out already. And the alert to these is they're going to come with a new uh, dongle. Now, I like saying that that word because a lot of people don't say dongle but sometimes they do and they know what it means. It's the thing you plug in your, your, uh, your PlayStation, right? Anyway. So that dongle is going to be able to, uh, it's got the technology that is going to be able to work by giving you that, that 3d, the, the thing that they really talk about with the sound they give you in those headsets, uh, with a lossless experience. And it's also is made, so people like myself and John can hook them up to our PlayStation portals. That particular dongle is going to be where it's at. But that's not why I bought them. So the big reason was because I wanted to play them. I shouldn't say that that's not why I bought them. The big reason was I want to play. It'd be easier, I think, to sit on a couch with earbuds in or in my bed with earbuds in than it would a giant headset with a boom mic hanging off of it. Playing my playstation portal nothing sexier than that right but when i found out that a lot like a higher end headphone stuff you can these things also have bluetooth on them so you could bluetooth to your cell phone have them in your ear while you're playing your playstation 5 or your portal and if a text or call comes through you can hear it you could also take the call from your phone while the audio from the game's still playing so that's because one's Bluetooth and one would be from the the other. What is it called? Um, I'm so stupid. I had dongle. it in my head until like. But you were going to call it a dongle, but it, they call it something. Uh, anyway, so the quick review is these things. Uh, like a lot of earbuds and not I don't think of uh, AirPod Pros, but a lot of earbuds. Sound better when you kind of really put them in your ear. AirPod Pro users are used to kind of just sitting them there and they sound great. When you kind of get the right little tip and you put it in your ear, these sound better than to me so far. Then when I, I'm going to say than like some JBLs that I've had some wireless beat earbuds that I've had, they sound better than the iPad pros to me and the iPad pros, the AirPod pros to me. Take them out, um, take them out, take them out. So, yeah, for John, I'll show you that the, this is a Twitch exclusive. This is one of those reasons you listen. So this is like the little case that comes in. It kind of looks like a little PlayStation 5, right? It's kind of cool. And also it charges with USB-C, which is great because that's what it all should be. But then they come and they look like that. You see them. That's for our Twitch chat. Uh, and it's cool, too, because watch when I click it. Check this out. It's got the little indicator. Let's see if it comes up. See it lighting up right there? That's green. And then uh, 
when they go in your ear, this is kind of what they look like. Watch it get stuck in my ear, but that's what I look like from the side. And while they're not completely, you know how like some headphones are sound isolating? Because of the way they kind of sit in your ear, they block a lot of sound out, but it does help you if you live in a house when you have other folks in the house that don't want to hear you screaming on your headset. You can hear yourself talk with them on, which I think is a big plus. So other than the price tag, now this is one thing that John was not happy about. Um, these bad boys cost $199. Okay? Sounds about the, right. The, the other headphones, let me see how much they cost right now on PlayStation. Um, Aren't they like 150 for the new new? Yeah, they're they're 149. So I'm gonna go look at accessories and see what you get. It's going a little slow. So the new one is called the Pulse Elite headphones. And like Chris said, they're gonna be 149.99. They do have limited availability. So if you're used to the original Pulse 3D headphones that came out for Sony. They were, they were white, and they had the headphones that kind of sit over your ear. But the the way that they hooked around didn't really extend. They kind of hid the microphone. The new Pulse Elites, that microphone kind of shoots out a little more. The Buds uh, are $199, okay? And they come, both of them, let me see what the heck that thing's called. Like, what's in the box? What's in the box? Um, it's not. Oh, it's called the PlayStation Link. That's what the new dongle is called. And then that dongle has the technology to hook in all the ways that I just told you guys about. So the reason I got them, uh, I work, I, I'm just, I'm really blessed. Sometimes money just pops off and you're like, I got a little extra money. I don't care that these are $200. Let's <laughs> buy them. Uh, you know, a couple of weeks from now, maybe I'll, I'll have regrets and wish that I bought the other ones, but I really, really like these. Um, other than the fact that I've already put these in my ear, John, I wish you could hear these. I think you would like them as well. Battery life out of the box. I got six to seven hours of so music. It's better, than like, a, uh, better than the PlayStation controller. Right. It's better than the controller out of the box and charging it. I haven't had to recharge them and I've listened to them every day. So there you go uh, for anybody out there who was on the fence. Um, I think part of it. So I did look up how much that PlayStation link costs. So that's part of the cost of what you get with the headphones. Cause both the, the elites, the, uh, the, the wireless ones, what are they called? The explore. What did that say? They were called. No one know. Oh, the yeah, the Explorer wireless. Uh, they all cost a certain amount, but that da- adapter is twenty five dollars by itself. So if you, so you lose have, that, you have to get an adapter for the portal. No, 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 no. So remember, the portal only has you can't hook Bluetooth up to it. Exactly. That was a big thing people were kind of upset about. Right. It it has a a jack that you can plug headphones into with the link now. When you plug it into your PS5 and you play your PS5 like normal, the portal can pick up the link. And on your portal now, there's been an update where there's a button on the home screen and it says, do you have a link? And you can click it and it'll turn on really quick. Where's the dongle coming? You mentioned a dongle. Yeah. You're going to plug it in your PlayStation. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
where the dongle goes. So there you go. Sean's out spending, giving Sony money. You That's have to we- plug in the dongle for it to work on the portal? Yeah, and the reason that is, is because remember, the portal is just going into your existing setup and your your PlayStation 5. So you're, if you're 200 miles away from your... I don't know that these are going to work. Right. I still have to do some some research on that. For my current way, they have it set. Right. The current way they have it set up, the dongle is for these, and that's how it works with your PlayStation and your portal. Now, these will work 200 miles away on my phone because it's Bluetooth, which is still why people circle back to why in the cuss word did Did they they not include Bluetooth in the portal? Yeah. That was exactly the big thing. Um, can I add to my uh, games report, guys? I just got of in course. the mail. I just got in the mail an offer from American Express. Uh, oh <laughs> it was addressed to weeklygameschat.com. We did it. We did it. We did We've it, guys. We done it. We got credit, <laughs> we <have> guys. Credit. <laughs> honey, <laughs> honey, we're just gonna go ahead and sign up for this and. Uh, Sean and Chris will be liable for all payments. <laughs> Fair. DJ Money. That's funny to me. Yeah, I'm, 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 glad, Sean, I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're enjoying that. It's just uh, that. Oh, I know, dude. I, that price tag. When the portal itself is two hundred, and if you want to enjoy wireless sound, it'll cost you another two hundred. That's a weird, tough pill to swallow, and. For someone who doesn't have DJ money, it's a. St- so the technology is called PlayStation. They're calling it PlayStation. Is that PlayStation right? Link? Yeah, but it's named PlayStation. It's it's named. It's not a Sony developed product. It's a PlayStation specific. Correct. That's strange. It's like they're trying yeah. to they're trying to usurp Bluetooth altogether. Is that what they're? Because when you when you choose to not put it in the portal. Bluetooth. It seems to me that what they're trying to do is is isn't Bluetooth a Sony technology anyway? Am I crazy no, about that? That's I can't remember if it is or not. Google. I think I think Who it's mainly John to your Bluetooth. point. Right? Like they want to take the advantage of the technology that they have within the PlayStation, but you can't do that with Bluetooth. Like you just you're never going to be able to. And uh John. Okay. Uh Jacobus Jop Cornelius Hartson is a Dutch electrical engineer who invented Bluetooth. Oh. I'm going to find out who owns it now. <laughs> Keep going, Chris. But uh, I think to your point, though, the criticism is fair. That's like, hey, yeah, if you're home, it would make sense that you would want to have a dongle that, you know, you could plug into and it would be good. And that's great. And the best example I could give is like the ROG Ally, right? Like when I plug that up at home on my TV, that that connection has two USB ports. So I could hook up this headset on the USB interface side and get 3D audio and all that kind of stuff. But when I'm out in the wild, obviously I'm not going to have that with me. I can also take this and connect to the Bluetooth that's in there just so that I can not have people hearing my <laughs> my handheld devices I'm gaming, right? So you can make a case that's kind of where Sony slipped up is that yeah, they should have just gone ahead and well, put they will defend it to there. the to the tooth that this is not a ROG ally. 
It is a portal into your PlayStation. I don't care what they do. Your PS5. I'm just telling you what they'll say. As as an owner of now the portal and the earbuds, it kind of sucks that now the earbuds do have Bluetooth technology for $199. And from my understanding, Bluetooth itself doesn't cost a lot to add to anything. Because I can buy a dongle, and I've bought a dongle, this little bitty thing right here from Best Buy. It's a Best Buy brand, Insignia, for my PC if I needed it on my old one. I just have this dongle. $20. Yeah, they updated They updated the Switch to have Bluetooth mm-hmm. a few, couple of years ago. So it's, just, it's even it's it's just a system update at this point. I mean, they can do it. Sony can do it tomorrow if they want it. Uh, and hopefully they do. They got a lot they're working on, and we'll get that into the news. But as far as who owns Bluetooth, John, there's a special interest group known as SIG who owns what we know as Bluetooth. It's funny. Is, it's a 30-year technology at this point. It's funny. Yeah, it really is. But just to update you, John, be, gra- oh. be glad that you have a portal because it is sold out. The other day, I could have bought one on Sony. I just did it. Sometimes I do that. I don't know if you guys do. Just see if it's out there. They had limited availability. I'll play uh, Arkham Asylum on it tonight. That'll be nice. I think you should. <laughs> Not God of War? <laughs> no, because Mike's got him inspired. You know what I'm saying? I can tell you, after watching Mike do that, you don't want to even tempt it, John. You don't want that pain. It's, I watched. I John, it was hard. I do need to update you. I do need to update plane. you. How many times are you going to update me tonight, Sean? <laughs> well, because I haven't talked to you. And I don't know what you know. He went back because of how hard Batman was to platinum, and he went back and platinumed a game that kicked his butt, and now he owns the platinum. You got village. It. Yeah, you got village. You got done. the platinum at village. Yeah, he, his ego couldn't take it. <laughs> and, and it's funny, you. I was going to say that, that the, the correlation between you two, you admit it, and I mean, we do this, like we get inspired by seeing our friends do something, you're like, that would be fun, like playing Batman, right? Mm-hmm. He could not stand that you well, platinum that game. It's that, and let's just to say, I am, I am his Mickey. I motivate him by goading him so hard on the things where he's fallen short that he will do them, whether it's Elden Ring or, in this case, The Village, because I've given him hell on that for a while. But congrats to him. I'm glad when he gets them. Look, man, he puts in work, and it's it's funny, John. I think you and me and Chris all, we get inspired, and we're like, you know what, I'm 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 going to platinum it. Well, I Uh, I goaded him because I wanted him to do it, not because mm. I didn't think he would. Yeah, I was but worried John, that you wouldn't. I don't like. There are playing games I don't want to platinum. Uh, Witcher is kind of the exception. Maybe if I had Mass Effect, like the whole trilogy, and it wasn't too terrible, I would consider doing that. But that's because I love those titles, right? But I don't want to go try. Like for instance, I'm not going to try to platinum Final Fantasy Rebirth. I'm good. Uh, you know, I'm going to play that. I'm going to beat it. I'm going to enjoy it for what it is. I'm going to move on with my life. Yeah. Back to Witcher 3. Um, <laughs> you guys want to Witcher 3 sis. You guys want to go uh, moving on. I totally zoned out. I'm sorry. I started looking at the PlayStation store and I'm going to totally buy one of these console covers because now they have it in midnight black. Oh, it looks so good. They have a volcanic red. I need to close this before I spend more money than I don't need to spend. <laughs> yes, like Chris. The, you mean like the $499 thing that's in my uh, Amazon cart and I stare at it every day? 
And I go, the precious. <laughs> what is that? The same thing that's been in there for like two, three months. You probably figured it out if you thought about it. But anyways, let's uh, do some news. <laughs> Hot off the press and straight to your ears. Weekly Games Chat presents the news. News! News! Here's time news. for the news. 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 John. This, this is really super massive. Are you guys ready for this? Yeah. I'm so, dude, I'm so massively ready. Wait, what? Huh? Sad. Let's talk, about, let's talk about some layoffs. Layoffs? Oh. Layoffs? Sony has announced a massive layoff affecting close to 900 staff or 8% of its global PlayStation workforce. This has an effect on numerous PlayStation studios, including Insomniac, Naughty Dog, Gorilla, Fire Sprite, and PlayStation's London studio. In addition to this number of in-development games, in addition to this, sorry, a number of in-development games are canceled. Quote, we have made the extremely hard decision to announce our plan to commence a reduction of our overall headcount globally by about 8%. Or about 900 people! Sorry. Subject to local law and consultation processes, employees across the globe, including our studios, are impacted. These are incredibly talented people who have been part of our success, and we are very grateful for their con uh, contributions. However, the industry has changed immensely, and we need to con uh, we need to future ready ourselves to set the business up for what lies ahead. We need to deliver on expectations from developers and gamers, and continue to propel future technology in gaming. So we took a step back to ensure we are set up to continue bringing the best gaming experiences to the community, end quote. In addition to Sony, a frequent Sony partner, Supermassive, announced the plan to lay off around 90 employees. Quote, this is not a, this is not a decision that's been taken lightly, with many efforts made to avoid this outcome. Uh, Supermassive is responsible for Until Dawn and the Dark Pictures Anthology series. Chris, we've uh, seen a lot of these layoffs this year, and the hits just keep on coming. It will continue to happen, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Do you think that... <laughs> do you think companies should have seen this coming, or did they have a responsibility to respond to the surge in interest in video games during COVID. And this I, is simply the cost of business. I definitely think they got greedy during COVID because they saw the attention that the industry was getting and how much more profits were going. And they thought we need to grow quickly without considering the fact of the matter that there was a bunch of people at home gaming way more than they ever normally would. Right. In the moment you give them the opportunity to go back into the world and to live normal lives and all of a sudden they actually get to go to the little league baseball games with their kids on Wednesday night or they're going to church throughout the week or whatever it is. Uh, it it changes just how often they're in front of these boxes and. You know, last week was kind of the canary in the coal mine that this was coming right 
in the fact that you saw the fact that they missed their target for how many consoles they were expecting to sell by a very large margin, right? They predicted 25 million, they hit 21 million. But even then, I was listening to, I believe it's called the FPS podcast, and they had Andy Sullivan from VGC Games, and he made this point that I missed even. Sony made $10 billion in revenue last year. They made $600 million in profit. That is 6% of what your revenue was for the year. Was what You had to spend $10 million to make six hundred. That's not sustainable. Like, just imagine something getting delayed out or your sales continue to slow down or there's just in the industry itself, right? Like, if you think the bulk of that $10 million is just third-party developers on their console selling games and they have things get delayed or just it's a slower year, right? That is going to be so hard for them to keep that expense up where they're not losing money. And it's because they made an investment years ago to be the big AAA blockbuster studio place. And it worked for a long time. But now when you're talking about six year dev cycles and you're talking about the fact that just making 10, you know, million in sales on Spider-Man only 3 million of those were in the point where you're making profit on it. That's a problem. And I think other studios are, I think Xbox is in a better place just because they have more diverse things. And I think Nintendo's in a great place because they've never really gotten into the place where they have a ton of really large scale titles like breath of the wild and tears of the kingdom are kind of it for them. Right. If you're thinking about it, uh, versus a lot of the other things that they do. And Sony, that's kind of all they've had. And now they've got to figure out how to fix this. And what does it mean? It means like something like PlayStation's London Studio, which was something that was VR-focused, is now getting shuttered, right? It means that Fire Sprite, who is working on VR, is no longer doing that, and they're cutting more staff from them. I think what they're signaling, and we got in our story on here, is that they can't afford, like Sean and I were talking about this yesterday as far as, like, why are there not more AAA VR titles out there? It's literally to the point where Sony can't afford to take that hit because they're not going to make the money back versus, like, MetaQuest. Mark Zuckerberg will take that hit. He will gladly take that hit to say we have these experiences right now. That will probably change at some point for him. But right now, he's about the only person in town who's willing to put that money up, and it shows. So I don't know what they're going to do. It's really sad for Supermassive just hearing that because where, you know, Sony's cuts were 8%, and that's similar to what Microsoft's level was, right, when they did their cuts a couple weeks ago. From my understanding, that was like one-third of their workforce for Supermassive. So you just hear – you hate to hear that, You, you know. And I don't know, it's not like 10 years ago. I don't think these people who are getting fired, it's not the typical like, hey, we're the game release and now we're cutting down the trim fat because we're cutting costs for the short term and those people will go off to some other studio. I think right now you're getting fired from a studio. It's really hard to figure out where you're going to go 
tomorrow, right, and get yourself a new job. It's The jobs are very limited right now. And, you know, I said this to John today. I said, like, man, if you get laid off, I don't know why you're staying in this industry because probably for the next three or four years it's going to be a lot like this until it gets worked out. Maybe not that long, but at least the short term, next two years for sure, I would say, it's going to be a struggle until everything writes itself and, and these companies figure out how to feel like there's not nearly as much risk to the industry as there is right now. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if this is going to be, I don't know if we're going to look back on this and, and say this was a lesson learned because I think, I, I think that I think when given the opportunity to do this again, they're going to do it again because the shareholders demand that they do it again. They're just, just business. It, it's, they're not going to, they're n- nobody in the, nobody running a company like Sony's going to go, Hey, remember when we got, when we had COVID and we had to, you know, drum that stuff up, let's be sure not to do that again. I really don't think that that's where these corporate people who run these companies, I don't think that's where their interests lie. I think their interests are always going to be to their shareholders first. And those shareholders are going to demand that they do this kind of stuff. But there's a lot of factors here. Sean, do you do you see this as like um do you think this is a signal to people that things are gonna business practices, if you will, are going to improve? Or do you think as I feel like once the opportunity presents itself again, they're just gonna prey off of the opportunities for the shareholders? Yeah, I, I'm I'm more aligned with you, uh for sure. Uh Greed, greed is a terrible, terrible thing. But what gets me is I, I tend to put stock into, and I do this a lot when we talk about companies that make decisions. I always say something to the effect of, "They're the ones in the boardroom with the data. They know what we're doing. Who are we? We're just three schmucks on a podcast. Like, how can we possibly make any sense?" Uh, those smart people in those boardrooms. How did they not know that? Like or continue to have meetings and go, well, that Corona thing's over. Uh, people are going to start going outside. We probably should start, stop just like doing all the things we're doing and spending all the money. Uh, I don't know, man. It, I'm for some reason, when I hear about the layoffs at Xbox and Microsoft, and this is not meant to be a slight to a smaller studio, it feels more like a gut punch. And I'm just like, what are we doing? Like this, I we used to report about layoffs, but it feels like it's just more and more now. And maybe this is a direct result of the I'm going to call it overinflation of of job opportunities and hires uh, that was COVID related or even pre COVID related. I don't I don't know. Um, yeah, to Chris's point about the studio specifically with VR because that's kind of like my lane. Uh, a lot of people in they they look at the MetaQuest and Zuckerberg you know, as like, they almost don't like them in the VR landscape because they've brought the expectation down. Not what you think. They've been able to sell headsets of like double A games and indie games, subpar graphics. They've kind of stopped the growth of what VR can be from a triple A landscape. And they've done that because they're spending, it's it's the truth. They're able to market a headset that they don't have a big loss on, sell it, 
and then sell titles within that game. And then these people that buy them, a lot of people don't play it after the first three months. But then they buy the next one because there's new stuff. Uh, but then that, like Chris and I was talking about, where the AAA studios, like this was a prime example, a great game. Kind of People think it got bad reviews or whatever. This is switching gears just a tad to make a point. Uh, the Assassin's Creed VR game. Ubisoft has said, we're not doing that no more. And that game, they didn't sell like 10 copies of it. They made millions of dollars or, or whatever. But when you compare that directly to a non-VR game, the production costs versus what you end up making off of it, right now, it's just not, I don't want to say not worth it, because if you eventually can suck it up and you get people to see what games look like, like a Half-Life Alex game or the Asgard Wrath 2 game, which, by the way, that's a MetaQuest game that looks amazing. Um, you're going to get more people, true gamers, that realize, oh my God, I can play a game like this, but I can hold the sword and the shield. Uh, those will matter, you know. And and when you look at PlayStation's London and Fire Sprite, like Chris said, I mean, it's dude, we're talking about studios like Insomniac and Naughty Dog got affected. Like, hello, I just watched, uh, I watched the the what's the name of the documentary, John? Grounded part. Grounded two. two. Yeah, yeah, I watched it. That was something coming, I forgot coming, to even bring coming up. To Switch. I, I come into exactly dude and that studio uh hello I it's, it's very weird that I recently watched that documentary and now I know that Naughty Dog was affected so that means potentially I saw somebody in that documentary that no longer works there anymore that and when you see how close that that community is it's like that's when like it kind of stops becoming just us reporting news and you start really and maybe this is a wake-up call for me, but you start really feeling for people whose lives are altered by this. And I hate that we have been reporting on this stuff so frequently, and I need it to stop, and I need... I'm just tired of the mess-upness that COVID caused, you the know? mess-upness. I just... It's like, come on, man. I, I have Come this, on, bro. I have this theory that Sony is not a victim, per se, of of of, of COVID. I think they're a victim of what Sean Layden said before he left the company of we are spending way too much money. And I, you know, and I think this is a, I think, I think the easy target is to blame COVID. And I think that's part of the problem with many of these studios, but God of war Ragnarok cost almost $300 million to make. I mean, we know this. We know this from the Insomniac leaks. And that is and that is that is par for the course with what th- the type of money like Chris said, you know, they ha- what is it they had to sell several million copies of Spider-Man 2 just so they could start making money off of it. And you know, it, it it's it's it might be part of what's pushing them on a lot of their their games over to PC because they're needing some additional revenue stream to figure out how to how to how to meet the cost of these games that we as a consumer are in many ways demanding that we demanding that they make and are still sort of in a growing pain of 
spending $10 more than we used to make for than we used to spend for the past 15, 20 years. I mean, Chris, Sean, you both remember you probably, if you bought Mega Man two or, or whatever, that game probably cost you 90 bucks at Toys R Us and nobody batted an eye back then. No. And it was, and it was a, it was, it was an, you can beat that game in an hour. Did anybody say back then that the value of that game was diminished because it cost 90 bucks and it was only an hour to two hours long? No. But now we demand something different. And and I think Sean Layden is becoming sort of a prophet in the industry, even though he's not really in the industry anymore, that we've got to figure out a way to cut costs. We, I say we like I'm, you know, in the discussion. Um. They got they got to figure out how to get the, do this do this better. Um, Nintendo, at least for now, it seems, is not being is is not planning to do any layoffs. Um, I hope they can commit to that, uh, because I think it is fair to say, Chris, you you did say this. I have no idea how much Tears of the Kingdom cost to make, but I can mm-hmm. guarantee it wasn't it wasn't. Two hundred million dollars. No, because it was think. building off the same map, right? Like, yeah. I think, like to your point, uh, speaking in the Sean Lane stuff too. You know, just think of it like right now, the biggest game on PlayStation right now is not one that costs two hundred million dollars to play, and that being Helldivers right. too. And right. I think. It's that thing where Sony, Microsoft, and others, they're going to have to kind of tell the hardcore crowd, which really isn't a huge thing. And as we've said, like we've pointed this out, you take these huge games, everyone seems to be demanding, or like at least that seems to be the narrative of gamers online. That they're like, no, I want 90-hour experience and all that kind of stuff, right, for my purchase because I'm spending 70 bucks on your game and all that kind of stuff. Well, the truth of the matter is 70 80% of them don't ever finish those games. They don't spend hundreds of hours in those games. Like, yes, there's a select group of people that do. And I'm not saying you can't have those games. I think, for instance, Rockstar can make whatever game they want. They are financially stable. They have billions upon billions of dollars. They make one game at a time. You know, they can do that. I think CD Projekt Red can do that, right? But Sony can't afford to do seven of these games at once anymore. And I think it needs to go back to kind of how it used to be, which is what we're seeing with things like Helldivers and Lethal Company, uh, Pal world here recently, right? All these things that are just coming out of nowhere. And like the PC community is really good with this. And I think consoles used to be better at it, right? But then it became more about chasing the blockbuster and all that. And that's where we got away, which is it's okay to make a game that takes three to four years to develop and is only 10 to 15 hours long. And it's done like, you know, What's called Microsoft just spent a ton of money, right, for for uh, Ninja Theory to go out there and spend time capturing stuff, right, as far as like real world imagery and to build a new studio and to go out there and say, hey, we're going to build this engine in Unreal Five for for Hellblade Two. 
I am sure Microsoft's expectation is not that now Ninja Theory needs to go and after Hellblade 2 ships, spend six, seven years on their next game. I'm sure they're like, you built an engine, even if it's not Hellblade, they are going to be like, you need to figure out how to turn your next game around in three to four years, because that's what's profitable to us. And I think that's what they're doing with Compulsion and what they're doing with Exile and all those studios. And then, sure, they'll sit back and go, Todd Howard, take your time, you know, do what you want because you're taught out everyone else. No. And that's probably what they need to go here. And maybe the other side of it is they, they, if they want to keep doing this, maybe they do like square and they get smart and they start breaking up their games and figuring out how to get like $250 off of basically one entity from you, which is what they're basically done with final fantasy seven remake. Maybe when Last of Us Part 3 comes out, we get Part 1 and Part 2. See, uh, bad news, Chris. That's one of the games that was canceled from Naughty Dog's uh, (laughs) layoff. We are screwed. That's what's what's funny. I remember asking you guys on this show. They named the remake of Last of Us, Last of Us Part 1. I thought they were actually splitting that game up again. Like, I thought they were, I I thought they were splitting it up into several parts. Because it said part one, I'm like, what are they? What are they doing here? So it's funny that you say that, but yeah, it's it's I, um it's a potential solution if they want to keep doing it, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Definitely not exceeding our expectations these days. You're not wrong, but it's funny. Uh, despite that terrible news from Sony, there are some news that surprised them. We're talking about the PlayStation Portal, which is a success, believe it or not. Hey. Hiromi Wakai, PlayStation Vice President of Product Management, stated. Although we don't have any numbers to share, of course you don't. The demand has continued to exceed our expectation. From the beginning, PlayStation Portal was intended to be a product best suited for people with specific needs and those who want to play in a specific way. So, the reactions after the announcement were very much within our expectations. That's the end of the quote. Dedicated handhelds have become a popular trend, obviously following the success of Nintendo's Switch. Could Sony be testing the waters here? I will pivot to uh, our, my resident, also uh, portal owner, John, and ask him, Does do you think, did you know that this was going to be success, successful when you were kind of looking for yours? Did did the fact that it was sell out kind of give you that? Or, or are you just as surprised as uh, Mr. Wakai? Well, I think um, I was... I was intrigued by it when it first was first announced, but I think both of you, if I'm, if I'm wrong about this, we can, you know, I apologize, but I think both of you had the attitude about it and it it was a fair one of why don't you, why don't we, why don't some, why doesn't somebody just buy the, um, the, 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 the backbone? Is that what they're called? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why don't somebody just buy the backbone? I think Sean, you were actually, yeah. Yeah. You said that. Um, I, I think I think the success of this, if you want to call it a success, and it's and I think it's pretty easy to figure out what how they did with this because I think they reported how many they released onto the market when it launched. I don't remember the number, but just take I mean they sold through that entire um, inventory, so just take that times two hundred and you'll see how much revenue they made at least. But I think a lot. I think the success of this. Is you know they want to call it a success. We don't really know. This could be just PR speak, but I think the I think they're them saying the reason this is too hard. Let me let me 
let, let me take two of this. The reason, <laughs> the reason they, they are very hard to find is I think as a combination of, of people who knew exactly what they were buying, but also people thinking they were buying a portable handheld. I really think that there's a big part portion of PlayStation Portal purchasers who thought they were buying something different. That was, and, you know, but, but, but I think that's what, what the reason that's important is I think, I think PlayStation utilized this as a test case in part to figure out what the appetite is on something more because there's rumors that Xbox is doing something like this in the future. The future. And and look, I'm going to say it. Uh, Nintendo has a tendency to come up with an idea that people make fun of, but then everybody goes and does that idea. Whether it's motion controls, everybody did motion controls afterwards. Did it better? Absolutely. <laughs> come out with a virtual boy. VRs, VRs. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to give. I'm not going to give that kidding. one. Come out with a handheld. Everybody wants to do a handheld. I, th- I really think this is a test case to see where the appetite is, um, of the of the handheld market, and we'll see where it goes. Look, I'm glad it's doing well, um, but I think I think a lot of people. I'm not one of them at this point. I, I, I'm, I'm at this point now. I'm not one of them. But I think there's a lot of people out there who've bought this thing with buyer's remorse. Really? I don't know that for a fact. I don't know that for a fact. But I, I think there's a lot of it there. Because I think people, I think, I think there's a lot of people buying this thing not really knowing what it is. Because would... it's, it's, it's a gorgeous device. You know, yeah, aesthetically I, speaking. Well, out of the two people on the show that have it, I don't feel that way at all. Uh, so, but that that's part I, of like I said, I don't exactly feel that what way. you said, right? I, I'm just saying people yeah. probably feel that way. Like this is not what I thought I was buying. I mean, the thing does certain things. When I when I bought it, I was still learning things about it that I didn't know. Uh, some yeah. I thought some I thought yeah. were cool. <laughs> some I thought were bogus. Right, but you know. I I'm, I have a love hate relationship with with the with the device. Well, uh, this just in: John thinks people are dumb. Yep. Uh, Chris, uh, do you have? Do you feel like you've missed out? Or so I'm going to ask you a two part. One: Do you feel like you've missed out? And you can kind of elaborate on that. But mm-hmm. also, do you think there's some weight here to them? Even though the success of a PSP and a Vita in the company's history, do you think they're retesting waters? for how a dedicated handheld will be. I mean, I think if you're Microsoft or Sony, you'd be an idiot right now not to be testing the waters, not because so much of Switch, which is its own thing. And Nintendo Nintendo has always just had that ability, like when they do turn an idea right and they support it the best they can, uh, it typically takes off, right? And it typically, I mean, like right now, we're looking at Switch and... I think like switches would be my example of what the maximum is possible in today's world of console gaming in terms of selling units, right? <laughs> I don't think either PlayStation 5 or Xbox Series X as will come close to 100 and was it 30 million right now, John, or something like that? Yeah, it's not something like that. Yeah, right. And you know, place maybe they get to 150, we'll see. Uh but 
do I feel like I'm missing out? No, I, I never really, you know, look, I live by myself. I don't need to have a second screen device and I have a pretty easy setup to navigate from playing right here or playing on my big TV. I did it this weekend. It is one of those things where I understand for the select group of people who it's for. I don't think it's the thing that they should be making right now, but like if it's the start of something greater, it's there. Do I think it's going to be a humongous success? I, I think jury's out on that. Right. But I think they were smart. The, 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 the note I give them, I was like, I think you did it right. You didn't overwhelmingly invest in this and make like 5 million and say, we're going to sell 5 million of these in the first year or something like that. It's like, no, we made a small amount number. Well, let's go out there and see. It's like, oh, there's a market there. Now the question I think for them should be coming back should be like, okay, well, we know Microsoft's working on something. Steam has pretty much said, screw the Steam VR thing <laughs> because now they do two things. They, you know, for a while they were just Steam, the company that pisses you off because, or Valve, the company that pisses you off because they won't make Half-Life 3. And they just put Steam sales on to take all your money. Now they're the company that won't make Half-Life 3 and takes all your money on Steam, but they also make a great handheld gaming PC in uh, the, the uh, what is it called? The uh, Steam Deck, right? And of course, we got the Rogue Ally out there, and it's killing it, and a bunch of people love that. So if that's where PlayStation's going, then I think that's a pretty cool idea because I wouldn't say there's a... I, I don't know if there's going to be a market per se, that allows itself to be like 30, 40, 50 million people because, I, you know, the, the problem is always going to be there with these types of things, which is battery life. You just don't have the wattage and all that kind of stuff to, to get great graphics and have long battery life. You know, yeah. And uh, <laughs> on its own, you know, completely depending on its own. And that's that's where I think you know there might be a level there, but I do think there's a market for it, and I think you could have a situation where if one of these comes up and they really do grab it, maybe with the PlayStation Six or the Xbox, whatever. Why I don't know what we're gonna call the next one. Maybe hopefully just a six. Maybe it's like you have the core systems that oh. are doing sixty to eighty million in console sales, but maybe these secondary things are able to sell like in a market of like forty to fifty million. And that could be a really good thing too. So who knows? But I'm rooting for uh John. It. Uh yeah, I mean it, I'll tell you right now, just to kind of button this up, anything you get from them, it's actually other than my first PlayStation USB dongle situation. Oh man, I forgot all about that. It's quality. Like the portal is quality you think it's flimsy and you can't hurt it this thing's made tough everything's tough john did you ever get a case for mm -mm. yours i need to send you the link for this case it's amazing okay i just as i took it out of my case we're here together and i thought about it it was very inexpensive and i mean it fits like a glove in here like so. a glove like a glove but yeah i mean the portal is no vr i'll tell you that much oh Tell us more, or was that? That's, that's Chris. He's yeah. yeah. Uh well, Sean. What if I told you your PSVR two that you love so much can soon join the master race? 
Sony has revealed plans to add PC compatibility at some point in 2024. Sony is currently testing this out on PC, stating, quote, we're pleased to share that we are currently testing the ability for PlayStation <laughs> VR 2 players to access additional games on PC to offer even more game variety in addition to the PSVR 2 titles available through PS5. We hope to make the support available in 2024, so stay tuned for more updates. Sean. Yes, sir. Have you started building your PSVR 2 PC so that you could play Half-Life <laughs> Well, the, that's a great point. Yeah, hopefully they, they don't – hopefully they make it where you can kind of more like stream it, you know, instead of – I don't know. If they have to make an adapter for it, cool. I don't care. I just think it's a move in the right direction for VR. Listen, if you're if you're like me and you're in the VR world, you probably have sources you watch and listen to that talk about VR because you want to hear what they're saying. Uh, there's a couple of sources that just want to find everything negative in the effing world about VR. I'm not one of those people. I can't live in negativity. Um, I also understand being real about things. This shows that they're trying, and it, but it could be that they're trying to find a way to get the PSVR 2 on PC because they're not happy with decisions they've had to make about layoffs and games that are coming out on PSVR 2, which or whatever. I don't know the reason. I don't care how we got here. But it has long been said, even when we first learned about this VR headset having a cord, that why can't they make it where the PSVR 2 can go also get computer VR like, you know, other systems and if they figure out a way to do it that's going to be a game changer and i'm happy i don't think they told us too much but i also don't think they also didn't tell us enough uh they did the thing where they pique your curiosity and they even say they don't want you to they want to temper your expectations by they say we hope to make support available in 2024 listen it's it's good news. People who have VR twos love them and they support them, and we play them almost every day. Uh, so anything we can get in addition to what we already have, which is a fantastic library building on PlayStation, I'm all for it, man. So thank you so much. Good deal, um, John. As someone who <laughs> is a downer and hates anything about success with PlayStation VR. How do you feel about this? Is this the end? I think it's a sign of. Let me rephrase that. It could be. It could be a sign of of desperation with PlayStation VR, because practically speaking, um, PlayStation is getting its cuss word pushed in by Facebook regarding the VR realm. The at least that's 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 how things are being reported. I mean. Facebook is selling headsets hand over fist. It seems that Sony is trying is struggling to get these things off the shelves. Why that is, I'm not sure I can say when you have such a large install base for PlayStation 5 at this point. But, you know, I, I don't I don't really know what the philosophy is behind it. I think I think in general from a gaming perspective, if you consider that the PlayStation people are these gamers as opposed to these you know, other people that use these for different reasons. <laughs> one of the Hub one users. Of the, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, 
it's not it's it's not apples to apples but one of the things when you when you talk about motion controls the compel the compel like you can actually hold link's sword in your hand you know most people go i just want to hold a controller man and i yeah. really i really think that that i think i think that probably translates to what VR is trying to do, that there's this there's this passionate people that I think that this thing hopefully is able to continue to support for those passionate people. But most people, when they're talking about a video game, they want to sit on that couch and look at a TV and hold a controller in their hand. They don't want to interact in you know in 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 that way. But I think putting it on PC is again part of their part of their bigger process of getting a lot of their content onto PC. They're trying to re-engage. They're trying to experiment with PC, but you know, for that, you know, added revenue stream, but, but it is a, it, it, it appears to me a little bit of a sign of desperation and a sign of how this thing's really doing. Could I be wrong? Sure. But I doubt it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah john would be that lane of people who i mentioned were quite a, they kind of looked at it you know from a half glass full perspective well i'll put it this way I, I it was years ago chris got the oculus i came over and tested it out i came back and clarissa said my wife clarissa said your wife so are we getting uh, a headset now and i said I said, no. She goes, well, what'd you think of us? I, I think it's amazing. I think it's literally an, a, an impressive piece of hardware. She goes, so you don't want it? I'm like, no, I don't, I don't want it. I, I, it just, nothing has grabbed me yet. I'm still waiting for that. I'm, I'm still waiting for Metroid Prime 4 to maybe dive into the hard, into the VR space. Yeah, that, that's a, and that's the thing, man. There, there are people like John that exist, Chris, where, uh, it will take a literal title to get them to buy a game. Oh, I have no, uh, I have no doubt that if we have Virtual Boy two get announced, John will be day one, and like Metroid Prime <laughs> is the first thing out there. All of a sudden, John will come on this podcast espousing like I've been the saying wonders, it all along, man. VR is where it's at. Nintendo just has a magic to make VR something, and I'll be like, oh, gotcha. <laughs> but um, no, I. As far as here, I think I, to me, it, I, this makes sense. I think it's a good idea, right. especially with everything they're doing. Like, why not give people more options? Like, it, the easiest way to win people over to VR, or like if Steam has and, and MetaQuest has the most VR titles, right? And the most users, and you want to say, there's a better headset out there. Well, the way you do it is you make the thing compatible to the places where they could play. And then all of a sudden, if they have a friend like Sean who has a PSVR 2 and they put it on, they go, this is way better than putting on my, you know, my Oculus or my MetaQuest 3 or putting on uh, my Steam, uh, whatever it's called. I can't remember it, the name of it now. It's fine. Don't worry. Yeah, about it. it's been six years. <laughs> right. Like, six years. <laughs> right. Uh, but 
that's a good way to sell. I think the bigger thing in my head that I'm like going, I'm like, is this really more so just a setup to bring things like their Horizon game and Astrobot and all that, like their exclusives they've had over to MetaQuest where they could probably make a lot more money off of them? Maybe. Or to Steam. Uh, I, you know? I, I counter you real quick. I thought, you know, they've already kind of set up a roadmap. Mm-hmm. They want to bring stuff to PC users. Yeah, exactly. That's why they bring so not VR stuff. So this is just the next step mm-hmm. in that to make what they offer more appealing to different folks. So maybe yeah, I mean I mean, dude, everybody talks about the entry point, five forty nine for PSVR two, right? Mm-hmm. You don't get horizon with that bundle, but you get the console. Dude, a one hundred and twenty eight gig hard drive MetaQuest three is four hundred and ninety nine dollars. All right. You get nothing but the console with batteries, by the way, in no, a controller. You also get, uh, Wrath. You, it's not Azura's Wrath, you dummy. It's Asgard's Wrath 2. Okay, yeah, that's it. <laughs> but I got it. I you got get it. that game. Yeah. Okay, cool. I, that's the meta quest, Chris. I'm talking about the PSVR 2. So with the price difference, you get a game, but you also get a system. Still, we're about in the $500 range. Mm-hmm. The PlayStation is comfortable AF as soon as you put it on. It's light every with that tether. That means everything is fueled to you by the system it's playing on. Everybody I've ever talked to that has put on the PSVR two after putting on a MetaQuest, they're like night and day. Yeah, you yourself had to get a new head strap for your MetaQuest, which was another anywhere between thirty. Some people pay upwards of seventy, eighty dollars for a new comfort strap. Yeah, in addition to whatever that you're constantly replacing batteries. Out of the controllers because they die quick when you play games on them. Battery life, if you, it runs out. You got to charge that bad boy. If you forget to charge it and you want to play your game, you're screwed. So people buy additional battery packs to put on it. I mean, it, I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, man, if I get a MetaQuest 3 and the way I like to play MetaQuest, I'm dropping an an additional probably $200. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get to play Azure's Wrath with it. But like, then what? I looked at the catalog, and I'm sorry they 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 showed the piano game like for MetaQuest, and they showed Assassin's Creed, and they showed Asgard's Wrath too, and they showed them for a reason because that's about all that's out there from when I had a MetaQuest too. I'm just saying. But enough. You also get I don't to talk to with Mark Zuckerberg. That's not you know true. what. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't want to delay the next topic any further. That's enough about VR for now, huh? True. Well, speaking of delay, <laughs> according to new reports, <laughs> Nintendo Switch 2 won't launch until March of 2025. Oh no. oh, no. At the earliest, Sean. Yeah. The primary reason for this decision is to make sure Nintendo... Now, I know we discussed it was discussed last week, but it was cited in the news that specific reasons weren't given. Um, so reason for this decision is to make sure Nintendo can match the demand to manufacture and launch stock and avoid predatory scalping. Nintendo has maintained the seven-year-old Switch has remained a steady bestseller, updating their sales projections to 15.5 million for this fiscal year. With this delay, it is almost a certainty to surpass the PlayStation 2 in insanity. Almost a certainty. I didn't say a certainty. Uh, Chris, 
with all the handhelds that are just dumping out onto the market, do you think this is a safe thing to do for Nintendo? Um, as far as delaying it? Yes, sir. I think it is a smarter thing for them to launch in Q1 of 2025 than Q4 of 2024. Now, if they were launching in Q2 of 2024, or they could, or even Q1, you know, also Q1, I would say then they should have done that. And what I mean that by that is... I think the best thing for Nintendo is when they have at Christmas an amazing lineup their first year. And that's what they had with the original Switch. I think that in part is why that console got such a good kickoff right outside past the initial Breath of the Wild release, right? If you think about it, like by the time you got to that first Christmas, it was like, you could go buy a Switch on day one and have Breath of the Wild, Super Mario Odyssey, Super Mario Kart. Um, I think Smash Bros. might have been then, or if it wasn't, it was coming very soon, right? right yeah. You know, and you didn't have to worry about ARMS or 1-2-Switch <laughs> to get don't your you thing. Be, like, don't you be knocking ARMS. I'm not. I'm not. But I'm saying they had a nice stable of bigger titles from their libraries. And of course you know, that was because of part, right? That because they were porting things that did not work with Wii U. I think it would be in the best interest of Nintendo to do a similar thing here, right? Launch in March of next year, come out. Maybe I don't know what game it, obviously I don't think they're going to have a game as big as Zelda on day one, but maybe they will. Maybe day one is going to be, Mario Kart 9, and you launch with that, and then you say, coming later this year, by the end, when you get to Christmas again, we have Metroid Prime 4, and we have a new Kirby game, and, you know, this uh, this Pokemon game that uh, got announced today, right, on their thing, uh, try to think of the other big one, uh, a, a new 3D Mario, all that coming in the that first holiday season. Now, again, you have the exact same scenario of someone goes day one, they're buying their Switch 2 or whatever it is, and then they drop like another two to $300 on new titles for it, and they completely feel like they've gotten their money's worth because they're all premium Nintendo properties. So that's, that's why I think it's not necessarily a bad thing versus trying to get it out here and being like, yep, it launched with... Uh, with Super Mario, whatever, Odyssey 2, I don't know, whatever they're going to call it, and that's it. And and 1-2 Switch Pro 2 and and Super <laughs> Arms, I don't know. <laughs> you know and we're all one, like, two, great. 1-2 <laughs> still uh, switching. <laughs> Sean, does the next Nintendo console make you as nervous as I do, as I am? A- absolutely, buddy. And, and it's because everybody... We're fans of it, super hardcore, and that's not to say like Chris isn't, uh, but we just know the history, man. We know that like a good thing happens and then a not good thing happens, and we 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 like a world that is good Nintendo. We don't like a world where we're worried about the future of Nintendo. So hey, guys, take as much time as you need. 
uh, just make it cool. And maybe since everybody is doing handhelds now, you don't. You're just like, you know what? We're going to go and not do handhelds. Well, Sean, uh, Chris, I don't know if I, I don't know if Sean told you, but I actually got Sean on the Wii U too. <laughs> Scared me to death. You could tell him about it. That'll lead into. The I thing. thought, I thought there was no way Sean was not gonna just chuckle at that and say, "John, you're so cute." Because panic. He was in panic mode. He went and watched that thing. Um, but yeah, it's a, uh, you know, a, a part of me thinks that maybe. You know, speaking of speaking of that killer app that Switch had with Breath of the Wild, um, and how I think I think it was almost a one to one launch of the console with the purchase of the game at the time. Um, I think maybe I think maybe the 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 developers behind the 3D Mario came to Nintendo and said, "We'll have this thing ready in March or whenever." This thing could very well. If, if they're being smart about this and they're recognizing a lot of the things that were, because I remember w- when this thing launched in, a, in the month of March, everybody thought they were crazy. Like you don't do that in the middle of a year, you do it at a holiday. And, and I think, you know, there's, they, they didn't, they're not the first ones to do, to do that. I think, I don't know, Dreamcast might've launched um, in a mid-year type of scenario. PlayStation 2? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I th- and I th- and I think that th- I think it's possible that they're that they're trying to make sure that a- another killer app is available um and it wouldn't be Zelda for obvious reasons, but it could very well be that next 3D Mario. Um which could have a drastic impact on its ability to move machines because Mario just finished up a billion dollar movie. Um he's he's now the face of a couple of themed parks in the world. So I think, I think this is the cash cow that they need to get this thing out the door. Cause assuming Metroid is a launch title, Metroid's not going to get it done. Um, it'll get it done for me, uh, but it won't get greatest it. launch ever. Greatest launch ever. <laughs> it'll get it done. It'll get it done for me, you know, but what I want as a lineup is 3d Mario excite bike Metroid. Huh? And, a Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom, remastered 60 frames collection. Wind Waker, man. That too. I was not done, Sean. Oh, my bad. Ah. But um <laughs> I think we're getting the I think we're getting the the 3D collection this year on regular regular switch. I don't think we are, John. I think they're done with it. I've been saying we're getting it for four years. <laughs> And I'm gonna. It's the year, to Zelda. It's been 30 years. This is the year we get it, man. Look, if I, I am nothing, <laughs> if not direct. Uh, that is, God, that just made me pucker up somewhere Did below you the loins. Uh, speaking of directs, uh, Nintendo had a direct about Dude. its partners, and what Almost. I'm gonna do, boys, uh, partners. What I'm going to do, boys, is just read it. And then it. when I pivot to you, you yeah. talk about what you want to talk about. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. You can read the highlights and things you want to point out. Um, so we started off first. And, of course, there was big news with what Xbox games were coming to Nintendo Switch. And I got some news for you. Obsidian's Grounded and Pentiment are the first Xbox games that are actually coming to the Switch. Uh, Pentiment released actually on February 22nd. So it's already out there for you to go buy. And per Chris, that's a good one. We should play it. Uh, and also, Grounded is set to release on April 16th, and I chuckle 
because the original listen, documentary for Last of Us Part One. <laughs> if you listen to this show, you understand the chuckle. Uh, Super Monkey Ball Banana Rumble is the first in the series to release in ten years. Uh, that game is set to release on June twenty fifth. Shout out to my friend Mike, uh, who was the first person I ever knew to play Monkey Ball back in the day. Uh, Star Wars Battlefront fans, we got a, fans. We have a classic collection that was announced for March fourteenth, and it's a compilation of the first two Star Wars Battlefront games. A game that got me and John both excited was the Epic Mickey Rebrushed. That's going to be a remake of the 2010 Wii game and will be coming sometime this year for the Nintendo Switch. Shin Megami Tensei V Vengeance is a revamped version of the 2021 game that I had never heard of. It's an enhanced version of the 2021 RPC with new content and is also a multi-platform release. It's going to be released on June 21st. Endless Ocean Luminous was the last thing I believe they showed. That's going to come to Switch this May, and it's a wonderful scuba diving adventure game where the player will, vent- player will venture through the sea to discover all the marine life inhabiting the area. There are over 500 species to discover, by the way. Have fun with that shark. South Park Snow Day has been announced, and I thought about Chris for Nintendo Switch, and will be coming March 26th. I don't know why. He's the South Park guy to me. Uh, the game that I got excited about and talked to John about was Ender Magnolia Bloom in the Mist. It's a sequel to the 2021 game Ender Lilies. In this Metroidvania, players control Lilac, who is on a mission to save the kingdom, and it looks amazing. And finally, Monster Hunter Stories, Monster Hunter <laughs> Stories, is getting remastered for modern platforms and will be released sometime this summer. Boom shakalaka, that was a lot. What I'll do first, John, um, you're my Nintendo Direct guy. Give Chris his thoughts or give him a chance to get his thoughts because I know he's gonna he's got a lot to say because there was some good stuff here, I think, uh, in his eyes. But what do you think about this Direct to highlight whatever you want to? I think you want Chris to go or me? You. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> so, I couldn't. I, it was Go back and it's listen. It's fine. To I'm on yeah. drugs, huh? <laughs> so I played Ender Lilies, uh, covered it for the show. Great game, great Metroidvania. Should probably finish it. Um, it's a. I think it's still on Game Pass, which tells me not to diminish Nintendo Switch here, but it, this might actually come to Game Pass, this particular game. So be on the lookout for that. So definitely looking forward to that. That's a highlight for me. Monster Hunter Stories is a game that... I really was intrigued by, never got my hands on it on a 3DS, but glad it's getting a remaster. But the star for me is definitely Epic Mickey Rebrushed. It's truly a great game on the Wii. Um, I'm not sure what the, I'm, I'm curious to see what the control scheme will be, if it's going to be completely tethered to the, to a motion control scheme, or if they're going to figure out a way to do something a little bit more creative with the controller. I don't know that I would really want to play this with motion controls again, uh, because I don't think that these Joy-Cons work as well regarding motion controls as they did as the Wii remotes did. But we'll see. I'm look very much looking forward to that. Um, when they said one more thing and they came out with uh, Luminous uh, Endless Ocean, I was like, what? What? Worst one more thing ever. That was the the worst one more thing. I am so not interested in this. 
if I wanted this, I'll go dive in a lake. Um, so we'll see. I mean, we'll, I mean, maybe, maybe it's good. Oh, there's a shark in the lake. Um, but you know, I, I could, I'm interested to know, you guys might know this. I know that, um, I saw Hi-Fi Rush on the PlayStation store already. I haven't looked on the Switch store. Is this even in the conversation for Switch at this point, or was it these two games and that's it? They didn't announce Hi-Fi Rush for Switch. Yeah. Okay. Well, they, John was they, saying, it, will it eventually come, or was that they mentioned, not... it, they mentioned it was in the coding, like in their, yeah. like in the coding of the store, but maybe it's something they're still trying to get a good port for. Maybe. Um, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, this... Um, I think Super Monkey Ball Banana Rumble was the name of uh, Sean's Richard at some point. 2017 um, for the summer. Yeah, I, I thought so. But, you know, I, I didn't, you know, I, I never care for these partner directs per se. There's always something in there that I'm going, okay, I'll definitely get, I'll definitely get, get that. But th- this is not the direct I wanted. Um, and it's clear that Nintendo was waiting in the wings, waiting for Xbox to make certain things clear going forward um i think this thing was probably going to show up earlier in the week but with all that stuff happening xbox needed to get this stuff out of the way before nintendo went and announced what it announced so we live in a world where xbox is a publisher on all consoles uh sony is publishing on pc um (laughs) come on nintendo uh, and what's Nintendo going to do now? So, well, go. Nintendo has very popular games on uh, mobile devices. Hello? No, they don't. <laughs> I know. That's why I said hello after I said that. Uh, Chris, what were your thoughts about this partner direct, my friend? And once again, the floor is yours on all the things. I uh, got nothing. Uh, I didn't uh, watch it. I didn't even know I it didn't. was a thing. No, I knew it was there. And I mean, I read, of course, I was like, I wasn't really shocked. With the Xbox stuff, because, you know, when Phil was saying, like, I'm not going to announce those games, like, I know why you're not announcing those games. You're announcing, you're not announcing them because they're going to get announced in Nintendo Direct because you don't pay to put something in a Nintendo Direct and then <laughs> announce it on your Xbox podcast. Uh, so wasn't really too shocked there. Um, really, the only I, I'm with John, if it if it's not motion control i could maybe see myself giving epic mickey rebrush a shot the only other thing that really interests me on here was south park snow day but i'm not going to play that on switch i'll play that somewhere else because you don't own a switch so that's gonna be kind of tough hashtag facts he's he's reaching for his switch right now john he's waiting for this day (laughs) look i'm a real fan look at that zelda oled yeah, you mean the one you bought for Tears of the Kingdom that has yeah, that skin on it? Yeah, Sean told me the story. Seven years after you bought <laughs> what what did I tell you? The the power button's at the top, Chris. Yeah, that's how you turn it on. <laughs> top right. <laughs> oh, I gotta go back to Fire Emblem. That's what I Oh Fire well, Emblem's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, you know, you know I'm RPG about the Fire Sean Emblem, now. huh? I'm turn based RPG Sean now. <laughs> turn base Haywood. <laughs> there it is. It, that OLED screen, huh? Right? Just imagine that the PSVR has two could, of those on your eyes. It's I wish fantastic. I wish I liked this in my hand because I would. I love this screen. This screen is beautiful. 
You can have it in your hand. What do you mean you don't like it in your You're so weird. I don't like the way this feels in my hand. It just doesn't feel good. I don't know how to pivot to you talking about how Arise has sold 3 million, so you're just going to have to talk about it. This kind of looks like Arise. Anywho, yeah, Arise to 3 million, guys. Tales of Arise has now sold 3 million copies ahead of arriving on PlayStation Plus, Games Catalog, and Xbox Game Pass. Bandai Namco announced the milestone on Twitter X, whatever you want to call it, stating over 3 million of you have shown your support for Tales of Arise. Thank you for helping to keep the flame alive. The game launched on September of 2021, meaning the milestone was reached in over two years and five months. Math, that's how that works. You just take the two dates and you, you know, subtract and that tells you. Puts a number out and then you convert that to the date in the Excel and, and then you know. Uh, but, Sean. Yes, sir. Now that you're JRPG, Sean. Exactly. When are you buying this game? Well, I guess you don't even have to buy this game. You I don't just have, download I'll, your PlayStation. This was a game I was going to ask you guys about. I, I held off from doing any Google research. Mm -hmm. There's no like prequel to this game. This is like I can just play this game, right? Correct. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Cuss word, yeah, dude. Uh, to answer your question directly, yes, I'm going to play this game and I'm going to keep the flame alive as well because of what you said and because of what I'm proclaiming as being the most average JRPG gamer of all time. Fair. John, um... Why do you continue to shun Tales of Arise for <laughs> Dishonored 2, which you have beaten 500 times? Uh, Tales of Arise is sitting on my shelf right there. I started it once upon a time, but now it's free on Play uh, PlayStation Plus and I think on Game Pass. So trade in. Uh, I, I, Last I, guy. <laughs> I, I i i love uh i'm my name is actually john jrpg uh baron as well so that's that actually not flows a fact. better than jrpg sean that's just not a fact well, john we can't give you that distinction. Loud. you haven't beat final fantasy 7 remake so you could do that I, I feel like i feel like i play more jrpgs that are true jrpgs like but how many have you finished john you can't finish JRPGs. They're they're impossible. That's 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 a lie. <laughs> uh, it's a, I don't know a, I don't know a single person in the history of JRPGs that's ever finished one. This game, I I really wish I had put more time in because I I did put a good like twenty hours in when it came out on the Xbox. And to its credit, like if you want to know what I think of this game, I have not deleted it once off of my hard drive space when I've had to like look and try to manage things. And that's because I really do in my mind, like I've thought at some point I am going to sit down and actually hammer this out. Cause it is a really cool story. Um, Sean, you'll love so you, you didn't finish it. I have not. No, I rest my case, is this <laughs> but the I did finish Final Fantasy yeah. 7. <laughs> but, uh, why, what's the reason they bundle it? Potentially with Scarlet Nexus. Is that Scarlet also a Bandai Namco game? Yeah, that's also Bandai Namco. So that's, it, came that's out, why. it came out the same year. Yeah. But um, well, I, I'll say this. The other day, I downloaded it now that it's on Game Pass to my ally. And I am hoping, I don't know if it's going to be the case, 
but I'm hoping that there is Xbox Game Save anywhere with that, right? Where because I'm using it on the Xbox app on both my console and on my handheld PC that maybe I could just go ahead and pick up and let this be another one of those things that falls into the, you know, the handheld space of PCs, gaming and all that, where I, I play it while I'm on lunch at work or whatever and slowly knock it out over a year. Mm. Yeah. Slowly knock it out over a year, you know what I'm saying? Kind of like, you know, that's kind of how I did Elden Ring. I slowly And that's kind of how my platinum is going on Elden Ring, right? Just slowly yeah, knock it's kinda out. Just, ah! It's kind of just stopped. It, it just stopped. some slow power strokes. I get it. But not Elden Ring sales. Pivot! That me? I'm sorry. Is it me? It's I fine. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. We we literally talked about Elden Rings for three minutes before the pivot. No, I I know you did, but I just couldn't remember if it was me. So Something I'm an embarrassment. Delicious I'm an embarrassment. in my house. Um, but I I would like to just point out that Chris has not finished Tales of Arise, which is a JRPG, <laughs> thus proving my point that nobody finishes thus- JRPGs. Uh, Elden Ring sales have climbed to 23 mit. What? What, Sean? He also I'm didn't finish that Nintendo Switch uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 game. But That's I did so finish good. Elden Ring, which is a what? JRPG. It is. It's an RPG. It? It's an RPG produced by Bandai Namco from Japan. I mean, what more you want? <laughs> True. Elden Ring sales have climbed to 23 million according to Bandai Namco. This figure is a combination of both physical and digital. Sean, look at me. Look at me. Physical and digital. <laughs> to put that into context, Hogwarts Legacy sold 24 million copies, generating over a billion sales. The Elden Ring, once again, called to Chris with its recent announcement of the DLC Shadow of the Erd Tree. With a $39.99 price tag. Chris, what do you think of that $39.99 price tag? I'm fine with it. Of course he is. I mean, I'm fine with it, Chris. I think as long as there's plenty of content. I I hate fine with it, Chris. If this was a $39.99 DLC for like any other game, you'd be like, it's preposterous. If it was $39.99, now look. If it's thirty nine ninety nine and it's four hours like you know Air Mission was, which was free by the way, um, then I would have a problem with it. But I don't think this is going to be a small DLC. I do think it's probably the thirty nine ninety nine price tag, and we kind of saw this a little bit with um, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven with Fan Liberty, which was thirty dollars, right? I think it's a sign that the prices for DLC are going up, especially major DLC. It's just the sign of the times, right? You got to figure out how to make as much money as possible. If you're these studios, is it right? I don't know that, you know, that's, that's in the eye of the beholder. You get to decide what you want to buy with your money. Um, but you know, it's just, it's where we're going. So I look, I'm happy that they've gotten to 23 million. That's just crazy to think that a from software game, like when you just think 10 years ago to now and they're selling 23, they're selling Zelda numbers, right? Because it made you think it was Zelda, but hard. 
I'm, I'm over here going, screw your Bloodborne. <laughs> over here doing Elden Ring. Right? Yeah. Uh, Sean, where did you find the ogre in this game? And don't worry, don't worry. You and I together, this is 2020, this is our year. You and I are going to platinum Elden Ring. DJ Horn. Yeah, there was no ogre. It was uh it was ADHD and the next game that I wanted to play took my attention. So being uh, Sean. Being me completely. And I'm not done with it. It's still I still have it. I, I bought it physically. I'm not trading it in. Um and you know what? I liked my experience so much, I might delete it and start over. Cause why not? I already have the trophies. Yeah, that I've already got. I'm definitely starting over. Well, because when you follow, I, admittedly, I was following a trophy guide to play this game. Because if not, I get so confused and don't know what's going on, and don't know. That's part of the that's part of the awesomeness of this game, right? Just go have fun and see what you've run into. No, because it's hard. <laughs> For real, but but yeah, I I kind of I joked with Chris, but I do think that this DLC will be legit. Everything that I've seen about it should be a legit DLC. Um, I just I prefer free ninety nine over thirty nine ninety nine. Just saying. Yeah, I I hear you, but to me, the thirty nine ninety nine price tag with from software gives me makes me feel like this is freaking good quality DLC. I mean, this is going to be some robust, girthy, robust. <laughs> Girthy mess right here. This is some, some girthy cuss word for sure. Oh, in your mouth. Bus. <laughs> bus. Bus. Speaking of bussing. Elden Wing. That's <laughs> bus. We haven't done this that yet. Usually every episode we Well, we just did, but he's got to say finally first before we do that. Finally this week. <laughs> finally. Man, I was pro to he did that. God, I was locked in. Epoch day one. Epoch. Can you expect? <laughs> <laughs> can you agree? Or sorry, can you expect to play Call of Duty on Game Pass day one? Question. According to Xbox boss Phil Spencer, the suggestion is yes. While speaking to Game File, Spencer said Microsoft plans for all games under their library to launch on the service day one. Here's the quote. quote. Our intent is the full portfolio of games from ZeniMax, Activision Blizzard, and XGS, which is Xbox Game Studios, will be on Game Pass day one. The team is hard at work putting these hard at work putting these plans into place, saying we're doing the back end work. Yeah. Yeah. To make them come to PC and console simultaneously. Oh boys. What do you uh let's go to Chris first. Chris, what do you what do you take from you know from that statement? Like uh are we talking like what are we talking? Like what do you, what what titles they say the it, the whole portfolio of the games that fall under that umbrella. Mm-hmm. Are you really thinking it's every game that has a new release, or do you think they'll backtrack and have other games too? Um, I don't see why not, right? Like, the only things that... Uh, the, the the major thing that I could see holding them back right now with Call of Duty would just be agreements with Sony. 
That would be the only thing that could possibly hold them back. But like, if you're Microsoft, what would you rather people do? Would you rather them give you 70 bucks or would you rather them go ahead and pay you, I don't know, 15 bucks a month to go play that and include the battle passes or something like that with your subscription so that people keep paying you 15 bucks a month for a whole year just continuously, right? That That's money. That's money in the bank. That grows the subscriber number, which makes them look good. So why wouldn't you take your biggest property and putting it on there? I think the one that's interesting, though, is he did say Activision Blizzard, and he said all, right, and trying to get them everywhere. And I just go, what does that mean for WoW? Because, I, I mean, that would be some work to bring WoW to uh to console and to make it work right definitely just because no i don't oh i don't agree man it would be just so big because of how much content is in that game like there's so much content and there's so much optimization they would have to do i'm not saying it can't be done i'm saying it would be a long arduous undertaking on the other hand i think arduous (laughs) arduous see what happens when you speak words people see see what they do to me because you said that word perfect now, if we give you somebody's name, mm-hmm. train wreck. Right. But uh, <laughs> but on the other hand, I definitely see a world where they could say Warcraft is, is coming to PC, Game Pass, and then from there say, hey, you don't have to pay for the expansion anymore, Sean. You just have to pay your $15 sub on top of your Game Pass sub to play the game. So we'll give it to you for free if you don't want to go spend the 45 bucks because you're already paying for Game Pass, right, for other things. That makes a lot of sense to me. That 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 gets a lot of PC people to go, why not download, uh, you know, WoW and see what it's all about finally. Who knows? Maybe. Uh I still, I just, I, I don't know why. If they bring it to console, I will be happy, and I don't know why. But John, mm. your thoughts on this news from Phil and and their plans? Uh, kind of riff however you want to, and just tell us if you think this is a smart plan. Do you think it's a real plan? Because in chat right now, um, Alejandro, for example, says the day one Game Pass thing's a lie because you you have to pay extra money to play a game a week early before it releases and stuff like that. So what are your overall thoughts? Is this just PR speak from Phil or do you think it's an actual plan they want to stick to? I don't think it's a lie if you if you don't feel like if you don't take a if you don't take the bait on early access for the game. I don't know where I don't look maybe he's just being a little bit glib. Uh so Call of Duty on Game Pass is the dream. Massive. Of course. This is why they bought Activision Blizzard. Yep. I know there's a lot of great IP coming from Activision Blizzard, but the reason they did this was to put uh to put Call of Duty. If there's anything that can provide a shot in the arm to Game Pass, it is Call of Duty. And so I could, I could, if, if, let's see, what is it? 
was it it was 34 million subscribers is the is the number they reported <clears throat> i think that call of duty has the potential to make this go up to 40 45 million subscribers wouldn't shock me um if you know to me call of duty is their only hope to grow the install base of the game pass service to what it currently is which i don't think is disastrous numbers but you know if i could touch on a little bit of what i didn't <clears throat> necessarily get a chance to talk about last week i i never really thought about um and, and you know chris will probably argue that phil's been saying this all along um and i think he possibly has he's just he's just he's just not done a good job saying it up until I'll put it this way last week or two weeks ago, whenever, whenever it was when they had the podcast, I finally heard Phil Spencer for the first time. Now, the fact that I've heard did you Phil go, Spencer for the first time real quick, was, John, <clears throat> did you go? I see you. <laughs> no. Oh, John, <laughs> he was just real quick. He was saying that if you choose not to pay the $30, you technically aren't getting it day one because the people who did pay it, are playing it day one on that release, and your day one is truly not a day one. Who's so paying? He wasn't 30, being what's what's the thirty dollars? I'm not sure what that. Means. The early He's access about, price. Oh, yeah. okay. I mean, they do this with all their stuff, like you know, four. So you yeah. Well, well that's what bucks. I was saying. Alejandro was saying the Game Pass day one thing's a lie because they offer early access now. I got the people you. who fork that I'm, money. I'm, yeah, yeah, I follow. I follow you now. I get it. Sorry, my bad. But to um, your point, he. Uh, he said something that I'd never heard him say before. I'm not saying he didn't say it, but I heard him for the first time. That the box and Xbox, xCloud, all of these things, all these things are avenues into Game Pass. In other words, people are worried about whether they're going to still make consoles anymore, uh, which you know he said that they're going to continue to do so. But for the first time ever, I heard I've, I heard Phil Spencer describe to me that the console is not the the is not the avenue to access to their games. Game Pass is, so the console is secondary to Game Pass. XCloud is secondary to Game Pass. All the other avenues to access their Game Pass sits in the middle, and the console and everything else sits around it. When you think about Nintendo, the Switch sits in the middle and all of their content and and services are centered around it. PlayStation, the same. The PlayStation 5 sits in the middle. Then you've got PSVR 2. Then you've got the Portal and all its game library and its, and its digital services and all that stuff. So this is the first time I ever heard Phil Spencer to where, where I actually absorbed it. Maybe he said it in such a way that I actually heard him where Game Pass is at the center of that of that philosophical design, not the console. And that was new to me. And the fact that I've heard it, if he said it, that I've heard it for the first time, sort of gives credence to what we've been, a lot of us have been saying all along. These guys need to get better at communicating their vision. And as soon as they do that, I think they can figure a lot of this stuff out. But uh, but more specifically, um, once once Call of Duty becomes a title available day one on Game Pass, 
that has the potential to blow the door open for this uh, for for Game Pass. Potential, not saying it will. Yeah, a lot of people don't. They think even if him by saying that, they don't think Call of Duty was going to be in the first iteration of Activision Blizzard games in 2024. Mm-hmm. That they got to work that out. Call of Duty, like you said, is a dream. I would be shocked if Call of Duty is at some point in this year in Game Pass. Here's the I thing. Maybe the old. Here's ones. the thing. I think this. I think this strategy <clears throat> is is not. You know, is is not as complicated as people want to think of it as. I think Call of Duty. I think all these marquee titles like Starfield. All these things are going to be exclusive to Xbox. But, uh, but titles like Pentiment and titles like Hi-Fi Rush and and titles that have been on the market for many years like Sea of Thieves, I think that's the strategy. I don't think I don't think the plan is to put any of their of of the properties that they bought simultaneously out. I think they wait a year, two years, maybe three years, as long, depending on on what's going on with it. Because I think I think putting Pentiment on Switch and PlayStation and Hi-Fi Rush on other consoles and all these other things are designed to give the the company more revenue to make these marquee titles that are going to be exclusive to Game Pass. Probably. So I think uh, you know I can say I can say that I was considering more of a um before but you guys, I'm sure you talked about it last week, but before that podcast, after the podcast, I, I would say was, I was like, gosh, this is nothing. This is absolutely nothing. They didn't tell us anything. And I don't mean that they didn't communicate, yeah. but what everybody, what everybody, what everybody, everybody blew the doors off this thing. And, and Microsoft was like, you could have knocked, <laughs> you know, it's like, there it, it was nothing here. Not yeah. really. It, it was just, almost like the rumor mill started and the people that the rumor was about was like, just talk to us. And the rumor possible, just went, It's possible that the rumor mill was true <clears throat> and, and they, and they pivoted. Maybe it's possible. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I think it's, the, hard, I don't know. Just, I mean, I don't think the rumor mill is wrong in the sense that there were discussions about, should they bring Starfield? Like that's probably true. But it's more of like, what's the value of doing so? Like I said this last week, John, of the big ones, the only one that makes sense in the immediate term where after, sure, six months to a year, you would bring it is Indiana Jones. And that's because it's a Disney thing, right? Disney is kind of like, you know, MLB with the show. They're looking at and they're going like, PlayStation, we love you. We love your game. But we need this on as many devices as we can get it on. Right. That's what benefits us. So I could see them having that agreement. But on the other hand, like I said this last week, Josh said of the games coming out this year from Xbox, the only one I'd probably bank on outside of maybe Indiana Jones eventually going elsewhere is probably something like Hellblade 2. Hellblade 2 isn't selling a system. You know, it's not huge. It, it, It could come out in May and then, you know, show up in a state of play in a year where a bunch of people played the first one and it would be fine versus whenever Elder Scrolls 6 comes out. No, I think 
you're going to work to keep that still on there unless you've gotten to the point where you just feel like there's no reason, like we're making so much off of Game Pass, like there's no reason to keep something exclusive anymore, right? Like they'll put it anywhere, and if you want to give us 70 bucks, then give us 70 bucks. Until you get to that point, there's no reason to put Halo. There's no reason to put Gears. There's no reason to put Fable. But there is reason to put, say, you know, Wasteland 3 or... <laughs> Uh, you know, what things about, like that. What about putting what about putting Master Chief Collection on PlayStation? That will be the interesting thing. Like especially if they eventually if we get the Gears of War collection that's been rumored for so Man. long, <clears throat> if they eventually decide let's bring it over to PlayStation two just to entice you in to for the next one. I just I just mean play Master Chief Collection because it's been a product for yeah. almost a decade now. Sure. Uh, I don't know. That one is that one's a little bit more up in the air. But like Forza, I I think the biggest one I can see is maybe Microsoft Flight Simulator. Like if you can get mm. that working on PS5, why not? You know, uh, again, that makes sense. Avowed yeah. is kind of more to me up in the air. I don't know because I think it's going to depend on how does it get received and is it because you know if you're <laughs> If you're Xbox and say Avowed does somehow end up hitting that same itch that Baldur's Gate did for people last year, just in a first-person perspective, that's a huge reason, you know, to get PC Game Pass players on your service, which is where I think it seems like that's where the most growth for them from what they were saying was coming from has been on the PC side. The question just to me remains, because I... I... I didn't get. I didn't walk away from that podcast truly satisfied, having believed that they really told us anything. It, the question remains to me is whether a play it by ear strategy, which is what I'm just calling this, a play it by ear strategy, is going to be working for them in the long run. Because whether they want to acknowledge it or talk about it or not, the fact that they didn't say where. Uh, Blade was going is a big red, red flag. Sure. And I just don't, I really don't believe that they've had, I don't think they have a real strategy here um, except for this. I think that's their strategy. And ladies and gentlemen listening, I put my finger <laughs> up to the wind. Uh, but but I think that's their, I really think that's their strategy here. I don't, I don't know. With Blade, I feel like to your point, I do think they are waiting to say just because that game is so far off, right? Like, but I think the reason they are not saying things is that we've seen it. You know, Nintendo and Sony have this advantage because they've been so successful, and where Sony's been the market leader of the the really expensive systems, and of course, Nintendo has just been the most successful, right, of the three. They don't ever have to say anything. They have that advantage. They get to be quiet and they kind of just reveal things as they choose to. Xbox kind of more so had to do this thing because of how terrible Xbox One went where they were trying to earn goodwill. And one of those ways was to be upfront with people. But I think it's fair to say doing that has been a turnoff because it's... It's like you have Phil say something in 2017, 2018, and then Microsoft as a company pivots in some way, and then everyone trounces on him. So it's like now you're at the point where I think you're afraid to say things definitively, which is why he kind of said, like, I'm not here promising that Starfield is coming to you tomorrow, but I'm not saying it's 
completely out of the realm of possibility because he doesn't want to get in that trap again. You know, he doesn't want to paint himself into the corner. Like, well, you said Starfield will always be on our box. You lied, Phil. Bro, we hate you. You know, I think that's where he's at. And it's, <laughs> there's no right answer to it. But yeah, to your point, I don't even think they wanted to do that podcast. That was just done because of the internet outrage. I think they wanted to put, I, w- I think they wanted Switch to reveal these titles and, you know, Sony to put out their little statement. And then I think they wanted to put an Xbox, Xbox wire post out. That's what they wanted to do. And then this happened. So they felt like they had to. Well, now that we've talked about that, Sean. Yeah, man. <laughs> I think you want to wrap this up, don't you? Uh, for the first time, never. <laughs> <laughs> never. 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 Just be safe. Email. Email. Electronic mail from the future. This is the part of the show we call emails. The official inbox of Weekly Games Chat is weeklygameschat at gmail.com. I said that a little slower, a little clearer for you, because it appears we have amnesia, except for this next person that Chris is about to read an email from. Alejandro saved the podcast once again. He's talking about his generation. See, you guys, The Who, they had a song called Talking About My generation he he did that kind of thing with the g's okay i'm sorry uh anyways gentlemen in last week's nudes you reported <laughs> that the ps5 pro was expected to release later this year i'm still playing on a ps4 pro so color me curious uh in related news microsoft teased an xbox series x successor promising quote the largest technical leap you have ever seen in a hardware generation Color me skeptical. Uh, Question. (laughs) Do we really need these mid-generation console upgrades given that the current games rarely make full use of the capabilities of the launch consoles? (laughs) Footnote, excluding the Xbox Series Spud Spud Potato. That's funny. I believe he's talking about the S. Performingly yours, Alejandro. This was sent from my PC, which rules them all. Man, uh, I don't know how you boys think, but I, I don't. It does bother me that we get mid-year consoles that like we can't not we we three can't not buy. Like ah, uh, like John said it was it was it you John last week or the week before? Like we're gonna have to buy a PS5 Pro now. We can't oh, not. Yeah. Oh yeah, my only stress point is getting that damn. Di- sorry, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> it's fine. 
is getting that Diablo save onto the PS5 Pro. <laughs> well, and also, like, you remember the scheme you put together that made me believe that buying an S first would help us get it? Remember that whole? It's like we talk ourselves into these things because it makes sense to us in the moment. Um, uh, well, see, I bought the uh, this. Okay, this and this goes along with a little bit about what he says. One of the things that ticks me off about the PS5 Pro, and I can respect with Phil saying there's no real need for an upgrade. I and, and I think he's going to hold to that yeah. because I think there's Chris. You tell me if I'm wrong. I think there's a lot of technology in the Series X that hasn't even been tapped yet. Sure. Um, PS5 Pro. PS5. <laughs> And I rant about this, ladies and gentlemen, if I'm wrong about this, Chris, we've talked about it. If I'm somehow wrong about this or we are wrong, let me know. But this generation promised what they're promising with the PS5 Pro. That's what ticks me off. At 4K 60 frames. And it's just so what PS5 Pro is going to do is say now, now 4K 60 frames or 1080p 120. I mean, I think that's what it's going to do. And I think the box is going to be $600. And I think they're going to learn from the PS4 Pro. And they're going to market it as, this is not necessary for you. These are these are for the guys who are really passionate about this stuff. This is your boutique, uh, boutique, item, boutique item. This is your boutique item. <laughs> so I, I, think that's, I think that's where they're coming from. Mm. But it just, but Sean, you're right. I'm going to get this. <coughs> I have we, to. I, we can't feel left out, and that sucks. Yeah. We, um, have a pot, we have we have a responsibility to our audience. We really do. Uh, I, but but like, Chris, I'll say this real quick. Like, but like these two systems are great. We what don't what what, what whatever, Chris, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I um, I'm not gonna sit there and screw myself by backtracking layer and say that there's no reality where I buy a PS five pro, but I, in my mind, I'm going, I know there's a very strong reality. And I said this last week, John, I think that the PS five pro will be around $700 because there's just no way like they, with what they're trying to do, like we've gotten to a point, one of the other problems that's going on this generation, the hardware is not getting cheaper to manufacture at this point like that that consistently happened last generation is not happening with these chips and and everything else that's going in and on it and you know i've seen how much it get it costs to consistently get 4k 60 it's called a 4090 and it needs a really nice processor and power source to do it and those things are not in in a ps5 pro so I, I feel kind of already skeptical that it's going to hit that. I'm sure it will run better. I'm sure it will be able to get higher frame rates easier, right? Especially at like 1440p or some sort of dynamic resolution. But that's about I, it. I just, and I just want 2K. I just want 2K. Mm. <laughs> 2K looks so good on a monitor, doesn't it, John? It re- right. it does. it's, all, it's all I want. I, I I don't care about it anything more than 2K. And to his point, really. like one of the things I do hate, and yes, I took it with a huge bit of skepticism, is when I heard Terabon say it's going to be the largest leap in any console generation. I was like, yeah, you were saying that when the the X 
you know, what you call it, Xbox One X Series X came out. You were saying that was the large, you know, they they went for it. They went for the largest leap. And you were saying it when the Series X came out. And you know what? PlayStation 5 talked about how their, you know, solid state hard drive was going to define, redefine how people develop for a console because they were going to be able to do it way faster. That's a lie. <laughs> so, you know, they they say all these things in the lead up to, to new hardware. And I definitely think you have to put your skeptic goggles on until you actually see what it is and how developers use it right before you just jump on and go like, yep, guaranteed this is going to be the greatest thing ever. You know, dude, that's probably the better way to go about it. I will say regarding what Sean said, I'm, I'm, I'm regardless of my beefs with what they said we were getting with this generation, I am happy with them, you know? Sure. They're great. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're fantastic consoles. They are. Because they're not as loud know. as uh, jet engines like the last generation. <laughs> hey, or yeah, and I, I'm I'm mad because if PS5 Pro comes out, that's going to be the third PS5 I had to buy. <laughs> the question with the five, how many? Though, what what Sony game is there like PS5 exclusive that's making you go out and feel like you need to buy this day one? It will what? Well, I mean, like they. Oh, sorry, we already what? know there's no PS5. I don't care. Game I'm gonna coming. buy it. <laughs> Wolverine. I don't know. Wolverine. Yeah, I, I, it won't matter the game, Chris. I won't care. Uh, you know how many the- Xboxes I bought last gen? <laughs> Fair. Isn't that, isn't that hilarious? We are bought, out of control. I bought, the, I bought the original with the brick, and then I bought the one S, and then I bought two one Xs because one of them crapped out. Yeah. I was an Xbox gamer. You really, you really were. Yeah, man. That's yeah, so man. funny. You know, we'd probably have this much fun on another email if we go ahead. Oh. Oh, no. Oh, no. He said Mamweb on PS5 Pro. Oof. Hell, sorry. <laughs> That's twice. Sorry, man. I'm that one's okay. Man. The other yeah. one's probably fine. Damn oh. and hell are fine. You're getting out of control. I am. <laughs> yeah. Calm down. You're you, being too loud. You come back. You forget the company guidelines after your week at Olive Garden good. with the extra breadsticks, isn't it? With so that delicious, good. so good, delicious sauce. Um, Alfredo sauce that is. But yeah, once again, thank you, Alejandro. You were the first and the last this week, my friend. Uh, you know what might save us? Let's go over to the. Di- oh no. There's no Discord emails either. Well, it's fine. Everything's life, fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. Uh, his name's Thanos, ladies and gentlemen. Just saying. Uh, but we are on the Twitter slash X Twitter um, at Weekly Games Chat. And I want to bring something up this week because this really is cool to me. And I'm sure John and Chris, you'll agree. Uh, so the Game Awards, I don't know if you've heard of them before. Mm-hmm. You know, Jeff Keighley's bunch. Uh, they asked a question. What's the best video game related podcast you listen to? Ooh. And we've had, a, I want to point out three individuals. I don't know if I miss any or, or what, but I just want to thank these three specifically at chase underscore jinx, uh, said at weekly games chat. Are we familiar with this person? They're one of our followers. 
I mean, at do, S10, do, we inter- do we interact with them in any way is what I'm curious about. John, the purpose of what I'm doing is just thanking them for telling the Game Awards that we are their podcast of choice. Yes. I'm sorry, Sean. I really had a reason for asking. but Okay, yeah. I will stop because I'm a cuss word. What mm-hmm. is your reason? The people that we interact, I'm just wanna, I just want to see if it was somebody that we're not really familiar with on our Discord, just to highlight the fact that maybe we are touching people that we're not even really engaged oh. with one-on-one. That's all I was trying. True. That's a, that's a good point, and I totally missed it. But you got mad at me. You got mad. I didn't. I don't know if we interact with at Chase Jinx, because I do know we interact with at S10 Draven. Well, um, plus Sean. Also, I'm not done. Hold the Y'all are going to make me say a word you're going to have to bleep. <laughs> Let me get this out first. That's okay, true. this is a sentimental moment. At S10 Draven Kelly said 100. And when somebody drops a 100, that's legit, John. That's the new kid stuff. At Weekly mm. Games Chat. Great chemistry between great friends. <laughs> that's funny right now. Been a listener for five years or so. And finally, I want to shout out at Fank. At Fake Frank, who also said at Weekly Games Chat, to each one of you three, thank you so much. Uh, and to the Game Awards, uh, duh, we are the world's greatest podcast about video games ever. Yeah, We're I was not the only one saying it. I was going to just say, like, that's really cool of you <laughs> to shout out those three people out of 10 million that obviously shouted Weekly Games Chat to Jeff Keighley when they said the greatest video game podcast in the world that might be inflated um (laughs) uh we are caught up on followers so if you notice ladies and gentlemen the portion of the show that we call emails went by super fast today just saying we just read it fast you good chris yeah Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) this has been episode 438 of Weekly Games Chat. Wherever you download our show, please leave a a review if you can, because that just helps our community grow. We appreciate it. If you want to watch this show recorded live, twitch.tv slash weekly games chat. Boom. Here we are. Uh, If you want to send us an email, that'll really help the last part of our show. Weekly Games Chat at gmail.com is the official inbox. Of course, I just said we're on Twitter slash X at Weekly Games Chat. And our Discord community is still very cool. And if you're not part of it, ask yourself why. I will now look at my buddy John, who's back this week, and my buddy Chris, who's here every week. Tell them both I love them. And to game on John and game on Chris. Game on Sean and game on John. Game on Sean, game on Chris. I'm selling only feet, only feet fan, feet fan. <laughs> <stuff>. <laughs> Peace out, everybody. Your mom's box. Tug life. Ah.